Pop Culture Leftovers. Episode 70. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the Leftovers. leftovers. All right. Episode 70, dude. Yeah, we're past 69. Yeah. We did that. We did it. Yeah, no more of that, right? No more. It's gone. We're going to be tame from now on. I thought you were going to say taint. <laughs> See, yeah. For some reason. It's yeah. carrying over. It yeah. shouldn't. I should not do that. I was joking. We're never tame. I don't know. Yeah, we're not tame. <laughs> uh, we are joined today by somebody that's been on the show before. This is your second appearance. We uh, have uh, Mr. Uh, Jacob Harmon. Do you like to go by Jacob or Jake? I'll go by Jacob just because you've got Jake on the show. So Jacob, uh, or can we call, can we call you uh, Harmon? That's cool for me. Right on. We'll call you uh, Jay Harms. <laughs> Jay Harms. <laughs> My Xbox name. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, dude. Uh, so how you been since the last episode? 
I've been really well. Uh, loving all the news that's been dropping and just, you know, living the nerdy life. Right on. So, like, uh, out of all the shit that's been coming out, like, when was the, uh, what episode did we have you on? It was in October, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know what the episode number was. I don't either. <laughs> I lose track. We're on 70 now, and I only know a few of them. It's probably in the 50s, right? <laughs> Somewhere around there, yeah. Late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, what have, uh, what have, what have you been, like, watching, reading? I caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, man, that's a can of worms right there. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about that this week. Great. Yeah, tell you what, we'll, we'll, uh, what we'll do is we'll do, uh, you wanna do stuff out of order this week? Do you wanna do, uh, news with, uh, Harmon and then me and you can do our good pop, bad pop later? Yeah, fuck, fuck order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who's got time for that shit? (laughs) We'll do, we'll do, uh, news with Harmon. Yeah, are you guys gonna convince me to watch Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D.? It might be worth it now. We'll talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, uh, cause for, but yeah, welcome back to the podcast, uh, Harmon, uh, good to have you back on, dude. It's awesome to be back with you guys. Awesome. We have reason to celebrate. Uh-oh. Check this out. Jake, we're the leftovers, right? Definitely. Should we get any credit at all? <laughs> no. Should we get any accolades, any recognition? Well, we got that one special award. <laughs> <laughs> Check this out, dude. Little basement podcast. What did we achieve? Okay, we've achieved 100 written iTunes reviews as of yesterday. Nice. Written. 100 written iTunes reviews. Wow. How many altogether? Uh, about 129. Huh. So some, some people just leave like their star rating. Some people leave the reviews, good or bad. These are, these are not all good reviews, but you know what? We have 100 of them. Wow. Do you have the 100th iTunes written review? It's from Michael Cornish. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Michael Cornish, finally Cornish. <laughs> Number 100. He was waiting. He, Number 100. He wanted the anniversary He spot. got it. He got it. So, yeah, there's some great reviews out there. If you haven't left a review for us, good or bad, leave us a review. That'd be fucking awesome to read your review. Harmon, you've left a review. Yeah, early on I did. And uh, actually, I was on iTunes today looking at the reviews. And you guys deserve all the five stars that you've gotten. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. I don't know about Definitely. that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So Michael Cornish, let, let's call him out. Did he give us five stars? He gave us five stars. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, Christmas season is upon us, gentlemen. Yeah, yep, sure is. Yeah, so Indeed. you guys all ready for uh, the holidays and shit? No, no, I got one more week where I got I to gotta get it all, get it all in gear. Yeah. Still, yeah, I'm not ready at all. Yeah, I still probably have half a dozen people I got to shop for. Yeah, yeah, I got. I think uh, I've got a few things bought, but like uh, I got a, I got my neighbor a gift card. <laughs> That's nice, dude. My neighbor's awesome. Yeah, always helping you out. Always helping me out. Like when I'm out of town, he watches my dog. I haven't mowed my lawn in five years. My neighbor loves to do. He loves to mow my lawn. Well, there you go. That's the least you can do is get him get him a gift card. And it's something. not like I asked him to do it. Like he begged me to do it. He's he's retired and he has <laughs> nothing to do. And so like I told him no because I used to love. And I used to just I got I, I got a nice riding mower and shit, you know. And I I sit on my riding mower. I used to like smoke a cigar and drink a beer and drive around and and uh, living the American dream ex- there. Exactly. Absolutely. So. I was like, I like doing this, and he's like, No, Brian, Brian, you you, you work all the time, and you know, blah 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 blah. Please, can I mow your lawn? So 
He's kind of like the Hurley he boy from Saturday Night Live. Let the boy mow your lawn. <laughs> so I let him mow my lawn. So I'm going to give him a fifty dollar gift card. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Christmas Story. Um, the, the movie. The movie. Okay. One of my favorites. Yeah. Absolutely. The uh, leg lamp, the pellet gun. Yeah, fragile. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, did you? I was I was reading an article, and it was uh, like, where are they now? Mm-hmm. You know, and it had like the whole cast, you know, of like, where are they now? And, you know, of course, like the father, you know, we know where he is. He's dead. But like everybody else, it shows like, uh, like the, the, the boy, Ralph, mm-hmm. you know, and I know like, I don't know if they went into this, but like, he's still working involved in like movies and stuff like that. He's good friends with John Favreau. Oh, wow. And he helped him with like, uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and stuff like that. But, um, I, lo- I was looking at, the remember Flick? Yeah. Did you know he was in porn? No. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a, he had a short stint in porn. This should this should have been episode sixty nine. I'm sorry, guys. No, he had a short stint in uh, in porn movies. He he was in a movie uh, called Cafe Flesh Two. Oh, the sequel. The sequel to Cafe Flesh, <laughs> the original. <laughs> you know, we've all seen Cafe Flash. Yeah, highly oh, acclaimed. Yeah. yeah, I'll take an areola, areola latte. <laughs> what, is, what is going on there? And then the Devil in Miss Jones Six. Oh man, that's like the police academy of Porto's. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you remember Leonard Part Six? Yes. We shouldn't be talking about Bill Cosby, should we? <laughs> we're not going to get into. We're not going to get into that whole thing. Probably not. Yeah. But you remember Leonard Part Six? Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved it. When it came out, I was like Leonard Part Six. I was like, I don't remember ones through five. Yeah, I was the most confused, like six, seven year old too. Yeah, and then I found out like they said that Leonard's Part One and Five were so top secret that they couldn't release them, and that's why they started with Leonard Part Six. Yeah, it was kind of a meta joke on lots of sequels and movies. I think. Yeah. Was what they were going for with Leonard Part Six, right? Is that what the deal was? Like, I still don't really know. I the, the, what I heard is like they, they made it a joke. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. Okay, yeah. So that's now that's what I think. <laughs> we're talking I'm Leonard sorry, Part Six. We're talking about Leonard Part Six. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Eh, people probably know. Right, right. He rides an ostrich. That's the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> did, did Leonard Part Six get a sequel called Pluto Nash? No. Oh, okay. That's a terrible <laughs> Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> A horrible Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah, you, aren't they all these days? Uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. Shrek. I mean, that's about it, right? Yeah, he was in that uh, Dream Girls a few years back, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about like an Eddie Murphy uh, headline, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy headline movie. Yeah, no, they're 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 terrible. Yeah, oh, and he used to be so fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. So 48 Hours, classic. Beverly Hills Cop, classic. Yeah, Golden Child. Oh, yeah. Coming to America. Coming oh, to America. there you go. There you go. What was it? Uh, was it trading spaces? Trading places. Trading places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Let's move on to some emails. Uh, I got an email here from uh, new. Is this a new listener? Yeah, I don't know, man. He's uh, Eric Cox. No, he's written in before. Has he? Yeah. Okay, uh, it says uh, I work in a factory building. Uh, I work in a factory building seats for Jeeps. And I'm allowed to listen to headphones while I work. Because I work 50-plus hours a week, music tends to get pretty repetitive. So I started listening to podcasts. I came across yours two weeks back, and you guys immediately blew my fucking balls off. 
three to five hours of pop culture goodness every week, plus 60 plus of your past shows to catch up on, really makes my time at this shithole fly by. You guys have amazing chemistry together that makes me laugh out loud. So often my coworkers give me odd looks. Keep up the great work. I look forward to all of your new episodes. Eric Cox from Sylvania, Ohio. So he is amazing. I must be wrong, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got. I'm jealous. I'm always jealous of the people that get to listen to podcasts all day while they work. I know. Oh man, I'm, dude. At my at my, uh, I got a new job, and at my new job, I can't even like pull out my phone. Yeah. You know, and like at past jobs, I've been able to like you know pull up my phone, mm-hmm. look at the internet, and stuff like that, and like all the sites are blocked there, and it's like fuck. What do I do? Oh, I gotta work. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Oh, I would love to listen to podcasts all day. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. I need that job. Uh, Wolfgang Crump, uh, he's, uh, he's written to us and, uh, he sent me some artwork that he's done in the past. Okay. I'm, I'm no judge. I don't know who's written to us apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, hi Brian. Oh yeah. Hey, we didn't even address that. Frank's not here this week. Oh, Frank's not here. Yeah. Yeah. No, no Frank drops, no hammer time. Nothing. So, yeah. Well, the show will go on, right? The show will go on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we got Harms. We got Jay Harms. We got Jay yeah. Harms in the house. Is that I'm your... no replacement, but I'll do what I can. Is that your street name, Jay Harms? Oh, you know it, man. I got major street cred. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Wolfgang Crump, that must be his street name, too. Yeah, that's pretty good one, too. He says, hey, Brian, Jake, and Frank. I'm still listening here over in the U.K., and look... And uh, look forward to your podcast each week. The longer the podcast, the better. Uh, never doubt it. Longer is better. Love you guys. I love Brian's rants and Jake's passion. And Frank, I just love you. <laughs> and Frank. <laughs> and Frank. And Frank's whatever. And Frank's frankiness. Yeah. His chutzpah. Keep franking it up. Wolfgang Crump. That's the end. No, I'm kidding. Did he really say keep franking it up? No. <laughs> uh-huh. No. He goes, was just wondering how you guys might feel about gay superheroes. I only really know about Midnighter and Apollo and would love to see them hit the big screen. Do you guys know of any other decent gay superheroes? Or would you be open to bigger named superheroes maybe coming out of the closet? Or maybe we might see a gay character in the Avengers or Justice League. I know it really doesn't matter, but would be great to see some gay characters up on the big screen. Maybe Batwoman could be the first. Anyhow... I just really made that that question just for an excuse to write you guys. Can't wait to hear all about all the Oscar buzz films you see, Brian. I love that I can get my fix for indie films mixed in with my superhero talk. Keep up the amazing work. Thanks for cheering up my ears. Also, can't wait to hear about how you feel about Jared Leto as the Joker. That puts a big smile on my face. Take care and all the best. We Tupperware Jared Leto. Yeah, definitely. The Joker. So, so he's heard that already. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, yeah, gay superheroes. Um, you know, what, uh, for the first thing is um, he asked what other quality ones come to mind. Yeah, as I always think of uh, North Star. North Star. Uh, yeah, North Star. <laughs> I was. I combined Kyle and North Star because they're a couple. But yeah, North Star. Yeah, X Men. And they just did a bunch of stuff with him. Like he just got married in that. Um, Oh, what's an, it's, I think it's Astonishing X-Men was yeah. the run that that happened in. A couple years ago. Yeah, really good art in that series, too. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on who did it, though. It's the guy that drew all the issues of The Stand. And, uh, I don't, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a British penciler, too. Gosh damn it. 
Um, yeah, I'm like drawing a blank on it now, though. But yeah, um, I don't have a problem with um, movies featuring gay superheroes. Um, I'm curious if that's what we're going to get with the Flash movie. I mean, we only know that the actor is openly gay or bi or I forget what the official release is. Right. But um, because of that, are we going to get a, a Flash that's a gay character? Or is that just going to be... I think that's a bad idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That part of the reason, like, I, okay, and you talked you talked about uh, North Star, um, and like what I think Marvel does really well is like you have gay characters in there, but they're not defined because they are gay. Yeah, being gay is not like the forefront. Like that's what defines the character. Whereas DC, on the other hand, like with the Earth Two Green Lantern, like that first Earth Two book, it's like. Basically, they're just shoving it down your throat that this guy's gay. Yeah, and they made a big deal about it, too. I remember, like, even on, like, Conan O'Brien, it was, like, a monologue. Like, before they, it, we found out that it was the Green Lantern, they had, like, news all over, one of these DC characters will be gay. Right, right. And they made, like, a big, like, you know, propaganda issue about yeah. it. And that, and that yeah. was kind of crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I have, I, I, I have no problem with gay superheroes. Um, I just don't want them to like basically just make it so that that defines the character. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Have the character be gay, but like, that's like, you know, when you just, when you know somebody who's gay, that's not how they want you to know them. They want you to know them by, Oh, this person has like a very, you know, he's a very caring person or she's a very caring person and they've got a great sense of humor. It's like, do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, they're gay. My gay friend. My gay friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. That should not, like, a person's sexuality should not, like, define them unless they're, like, a furry and they go around fucking animal, like, like uh, <laughs> stuffed animals and shit. Because I don't know how else. Is I that what furries do? Yeah, they go around. Don't they? Don't they? They dress I up like they dressed them? up like stuffed animals. I don't, they get it on with the stuffed animals, too? I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. What are they? Hey, Harmon, you're not part of that culture, but maybe you know something about it. Uh, they were just in the news i think it was in chicago oh nice where they had that big furry convention where uh they had to evacuate it and <laughs> all the furries in their suits had to go across the street to a dog grooming convention it was it was strange that's hilarious I, you know i bet a, a furry convention is very highly flammable i would imagine <laughs> yeah yeah I don't think that they let them bring any, like... I don't, I don't think you'd see anybody smoking. Yeah, lots one. of no-smoking signs at yeah. a furry convention. <laughs> yeah. That singed fur smell, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, as far as, like, what, what do you think, uh, Jake? I mean, the New 52, they could have taken... They could have taken, a, basically, a bunch of characters and made them gay if they wanted to with rebooting the universe. Yeah, um, there really wasn't a single one, was there, in the New 52? Not that I know of. Yeah, not that it comes to the top of <clears> they my usually, head. They usually they they kind of used it to have like more uh, ethnic diversity. Mm, yeah, that that's true, and they did yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, Reverse Flash is now is Reverse Flash mixed or black? I can't remember. No, I know yeah. he's I, knew, I know he's mixed or black, but yeah, but, yeah. And, and Marvel, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of other characters. I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to think of a million of them when um. We're not recording, but I know they have a bunch of characters that, yeah, that are gay. Yeah, me too. I just can't think of any right I'm now. I'm just drawing a total blank on it. But that's a good thing. It goes back to what you're saying that that's not the focus of them, right? 
that it's the the character and you know the yeah. drama of the character and you know that's yeah. just another side fact. They're not just the gay superheroes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't have a problem of seeing seeing that in the movies. I don't know what you would do though. What character would transcend to that? Right. Like I don't think there's been a character powerful enough on page that I can think of that would transcend to a movie. Like to do it, it's almost like they would either a have to come up with a brand new character or b make a existing character be gay in some kind of reboot with them, you know? Well, I mean, even in the uh, Constantine show, they haven't introduced him as far as my not as far as my knowledge, they haven't introduced him to be as being bisexual like in the comics. Mm. That's interesting, but yeah, they, it seems like they've softened a lot of those blows for that show. Well, they've softened the the Constantine comic book for the New Fifty Two as well. Mm, that's true. See, I thought they had both though. I thought there was like two existing Constantines. Is it now just the one that's in DC Universe? Hellblazer ended after issue three hundred. Okay, so I mean, you know, Vertigo's still around. I mean, but uh, as far as this is not a Vertigo comic. It's just DC's Constantine. Yeah, and he doesn't have any of that back history of those 300 issues of Hellblazer. From what I understand, that's how it works. It's, yeah, exactly. It's totally different. So, I don't know. Harmon, do you have any thought on, like, gay superheroes? As long... Well, as far as them getting put into movies, as long as they have a good story to tell, who cares? I mean, like you were saying, their sexuality should not be a defining character of whatever character it is. And as long as there's a solid story to tell that makes a good movie or makes a good comic book, I'm in. Yeah. Do you think that, Jake Jake and Harmon, do you think that maybe it's like this This is something like uh, if they do it in Marvel DC, like they're forcing it, maybe they should just like use some like image comic books and, uh, you know, other Vertigo titles and things like that where characters... You know, our newer characters are gay. Just introduce those to the movie going audiences instead of like, you know, just saying, uh, yeah, okay, Flash is going to be gay in the, in the movie universe now and just like throwing that on everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, I see what you're saying. It's no matter what happens, like even though you want it not to be the defining characteristic of the movie, you can't help it. It's like still going to be a headline. Like, yeah. you know, it's a headline when we sign a person playing a superhero that's gay. Yeah. So it'll definitely be a headline when the character himself is gay. Yeah. So, and that goes back to your point is, is it better to have it be like Superman mm-hmm. or is, is it better to have it be, you know, someone else that comes out of the woodwork? Yeah. Like yeah. an image character or something. Yeah. It's hard saying. I, I think it would be better suited to have it be a brand new character. And not a Marvel and DC thing. And not that it couldn't be a Marvel DC thing. Like a character coming out of the closet? Yeah. Yeah. For Marvel DC? Okay. No, we're not opposed to uh, gay superheroes at all. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a supporter of uh, LBGT, so, I mean, I would have no problem with it. I just, like I said, if they're going to use existing characters, I, I just don't want that to be, like, the defining characteristic of that character. Yeah, so. I agree. Exactly. Um, Sean LaHosett says, hey guys, December is a bittersweet month because although we have the holidays to look forward to, many of the best shows on TV go on hiatus. So I've got a question for you guys. You might consider to round robin if you've got the time. From last week to this week, shows are airing their fall finales. What do you guys do to fill in your entertainment gaps during the one to two months shows are not on? Use the time to catch up on other shows, overdose on Christmas movies, catch up on reading, etc.? 
on the flip side, are there any winter shows you're looking forward to? An example comes to mind of Agent Carter, for instance, which will have an eight-episode series during S.H.I.E.L.D.'s hiatus. So that email comes from uh, Sean LaHosett. That's an interesting email. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I I, I do try to catch up a lot on reading in between. Um, My shows. I'm a huge um, Survivor Amazing Race guy, and there's really only about, like, a month and a half break of all that before we get right back into it. Yeah. So I try to watch, try to clean the DVR up with all the other shows I haven't been watching, try to catch up on reading, podcast, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to use the time to uh, catch up on a bunch of shows that I hadn't watched that were on my DVR. Oh, no, your DVR malfunctioned again? I malfunctioned. Um, my DVR, I was trying to re- delete a South Park episode and um, realized it was taking a really long time to delete that episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I opened up, instead of just opening up the South Park folder, I opened up every folder and deleted everything off my DVR. Oh, nice. Oh, man. You saved yourself a lot of time there. Yeah, though. yeah. No, I want to get, you know, I, I, I'm going to try to use this time, hopefully, to get caught up on Arrow, because I'm, I'm behind on it. Um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully do some comic book reading. Yeah. I've got, oh, I was going to say, I've got way behind on Freak Show. I'm like five episodes behind on that. Oh, I'm all caught up on yeah. Freak Show. So, yeah. Yeah, you need to get caught up on that. Okay. Really good. So, uh, what about, what about you, Harmon? Oh, man. Uh, well, I will say I'm super excited for the Agent Carter show as well. That just looks amazing. But uh, aside from that, I do like to catch up on some reading. And every December, I go through and watch uh, just marathon some old Twilight Zone episodes. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much my December tradition. Do you guys are watching, like, any uh, Christmas movies? I do the Christmas movie thing. Yeah. I, I like I like Home Alone a lot, usually once a year. Uh-huh. Um, usually the National Lampoon's Christmas movie once a year is a favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, Die Hard, of course. Die Hard. <laughs> Gremlins. Gremlins is another Gremlins, good one. yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, I like the Christmas movies, too. I watch A Christmas Story, and I don't know, man. I got uh, kind of a throwback. I watched the old Ru- Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer last week. Oh, nice. The uh, stop-motion animation deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't seen it in a long time, probably since I, I don't know. It's probably been over 10 plus years or something since i've watched it so. yeah it's probably been that long for me too yeah but yeah i poke around on netflix and on hulu and look at what offerings they have for christmas movies and shows and yeah see if i want to watch something so well you know what one of my all-time favorites is is um man i want to see it again it's the uh, emmett otters jug band christmas the jim henson deal you know what i'm talking about <laughs> no uh do you do you know this Harmon? No, I haven't heard of this. Oh, uh, you need to find this. It, it is great. It, Jim Henson's still alive. They aired it on HBO for the first time, and then the following year, I think they put it on CBS. But it's nice. like all original characters. It's an <laughs> it's an otter, and his family's poor. I've heard of this. And I know I've heard of this. He gets into a musical competition with his jug band, and they they do all these like production songs and everything. It's <laughs> it's classic Jim Henson goodness. Yeah. Um, Sounds awesome. It's fantastic. I'll try to find this thing on YouTube and see if it exists and see what I can do. Okay. So, yeah, it's good stuff. I have it on DVD. I found it in a uh, $2 bin in one of those just like Christmas bins that you find. And I was like, oh, my God, Emmett Otter. And I paid <laughs> paid the two bucks for it. So, <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, I, think the, uh, I just got this. Old, I'm sorry, sorry. I just had this visual image of like, of Jake like hugging this DVD <laughs> case. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry. No, that's about right. <laughs> oh my god, I'm in honor. Oh. It was like childhood memories, like, man. I, I'm a huge Jim Henson like fan Jake, too. Like Jake's, like uh, I don't know, rummaging around through like his attic and found his old binky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good stuff. So I, I need to dig that up and watch that again. That's a definite. So Harmon, yeah. Before I interrupted you, what were you talking about, Chief? Oh, I was going to say, another one of the stop-motion classics that you don't see aired on television a lot is The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Oh. And that's like Lord of the Rings meets Santa Claus mythos. It is awesome. Yeah, that is Uh, good stuff. What's he have to do? Like, throw mistletoe into, like, a candy cane volcano? (laughs) Uh, A lioness finds him as a baby and raises him in this mystical forest with... Nymphs and shut elder gods. Oh, it's up. badass. No, it's really good. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. What the fuck? There's a, there's a character named the Great Ack who looks like Gandalf with a fancy crown. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, eventually they bestow upon Kris Kringle the quilt of immortality. And that's how Santa Claus lives forever. How do you, uh, how do you see that now? Is it on TV or streaming somewhere? It's, on a two-pack DVD that comes with Nestier, uh, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey. Oh, not That's a bad... the two- only way I can get it. Not a bad two-pack. <laughs> and of course, if anyone has the means, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special, always worth a watch. I was, yeah, yeah, you gotta go there. <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> yeah. There was a, they have a, a huge, like, New England fair, and there was a guy selling questionable DVDs. And uh, one of those that I picked up was the holiday special. Nice. Is it a pretty good copy? It's not that bad. Good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you guys ready to move on to some pop culture leftovers news? Yeah, we're going to do shit out of order this week since we got Harmon on. Yeah, I like it. I do too. Nice. All right. We're going to move on to the uh, pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, guys, in quick news, there's an online movement right now to get Paramount to hire Jonathan Frakes as hey. the director for Star Trek Three. You talked about that a little bit last week. Yeah, I like Jake. this idea. Fans want it. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big movement. There's even a hashtag, bring in Riker. <laughs> it's awesome. It's <laughs> being used on Twitter right now, and uh, I've already tweeted uh, at Paramount, tweeted at Frakes, letting them know that uh, we support it. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, you know, he did Nemesis. I'm pretty sure he did another one too, but I can't 100% say which one. Mm-hmm. No, Nemesis was not him. He did the, he did the one before Nemesis. I, I, you know, I, I have a hard time after the first one keeping them in order. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think he did both First Contact and Insurrection okay. were the two he directed. So yeah, he's super talented. He's done a bunch of TV since too. Jonathan Frakes spoke with Como News and admitted that he has spoken with J.J. Abrams. And uh, Frakes' agent has spoken to Paramount. Here's what Frakes had to say. I would love that job, I say unabashedly. I'd be great at it and would love to do it. I'm trying to keep the lid on how excited I am about the possibility, knowing it's such a long shot. But there's nothing I would like better. Um now he has, uh, you know, he he did uh, that Star Trek film, like you said, Jake, uh, but not really any other, you know, big time movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, the Librarian TV movies. Um, he's done some shows. He did Burn Notice, uh, Agents of Shield, and Glades. 
in, okay. the, in the glades and and that's about it really so uh he is a long shot but you know i mean um i don't know do do you think that do you think that with the fans behind him do you think that this is a possibility or do you think that you know star trek has got to up their game and get somebody else in there i think it is a possibility um I, I also think they need to up their game, but I think they're in such a state of disarray right now with um, Orky. Am I saying that right? How do you, Orsi. Orsi. With Orsi leaving and not having anybody, and I, they have a screenplay and everything, so I think they're just at a point where they just need to slap a director on this thing and get it moving. Yeah. I mean, I one thing about bringing in a big name is I don't think a big name is going to be content with just coming in and doing someone else's work. I think they're going to want to come in and throw their weight around, and we're going to change the screenplay a bit. But I feel like if you get Frakes in there, he's not that Frakes isn't creative by any means. You're saying Frakes is his company man? He's going to come in Frakes is going to come in and do the job. I, but, I mean, he's it's the equivalent of what happened with um, the Planet of the Apes franchise, kind of, I think. Mm-hmm. Frakes can come in and do a bang-up job, and you know. So, oh, I'm not arguing with you. I'm I'm 100% behind Jonathan Frakes. I think he's I think he honestly I think if they if they if they hired him today, we're going to get a good Star Trek 3. We're we're going to get a great Star Trek 3. I think so opinion. too. I think it'll be Absolutely. a fantastic. What do you, yeah, Harmon, what are your thoughts, man? You know, in the words of Captain Picard, make it so. Yeah, make uh, it so. Absolutely. I would I would be really excited to see a Frakes directed Star Trek movie. I mean, I've got total faith in him. The work that I've seen of his has been high quality stuff, and he's he's a beloved character and a beloved actor from the franchise. So give him a shot. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you can let Zulu have his own ship, let Frakes have his own fucking movie. <laughs> right on. I'm with it. So I mean, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I think uh, they need to do it. And so any of our listeners out there, if you want to see this happen, you know, let. Let Paramount, you know, tweet at Paramount, treat at Frakes, let them know that Pop Culture Leftover, the Leftover Army is behind this and use the hashtag bring in Riker. Let's get this thing done. Let's get this thing done. Is that the official hashtag everyone's using? Bring oh, yeah. in Riker? Nice. Oh, yeah. Bring in Riker. I'll make sure to tweet it too. So. Absolutely. Um, Ghostbusters news. This is a perfect show for you, fucking Harmon. <laughs> oh, you know it. Holy shit, we got Ghostbusters 3 news. Um, yeah, let everybody know you're you're a big fan of Ghostbusters, right? I am a humongous fan of Ghostbusters. Talk to us, Chief. I uh, for the 30th anniversary, they re-released it in theaters. I saw it twice by myself in an empty theater, and it was <laughs> awesome. I bet it was. Uh, you can laugh all you want when there's no one else in there, and that movie is just a riot. And I've got a. Uh, the record store day exclusive glow in the dark vinyl of the Ghostbusters theme song, and I've got the Stay Puff Marshmallow uh, theme song vinyl as well. Awesome! That is great. Do you have a proton pack? Not yet. Have you seen these things? The detail and like some of them have like all the sounds built in on the back and like the lights glow and everything. Oh, that's super cool. Have you seen these? No, I haven't oh, yeah. seen one, but. I imagine yeah. that the detail is just... Go to eBay. They go for thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. There's actually a uh, New England Ghostbuster Association, and they have, like, screen-accurate cosplay. They go around to do charity events and conventions. <laughs> and uh, I got to meet those guys, and they made me some Ecto-Cooler, 
And they had their proton packs. It was a blast. Oh, the old high C drink, Ecto Cooler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that man. Is, that's good to, stuff, man. Used to buy it in the big old aluminum cans. Yeah, they used the best a, way to drink it. Yeah, used a big can opener to pop it open. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Ghostbusters 3 news this week. Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Uh, what was she was in Pitch Perfect? Yeah, she's all over the new uh, Night in the Museum trailers. Yeah, she was the um, roommate in uh, Bridesmaids. Correct. Uh, she has admitted uh, that she's spoken with Paul Feig about Ghostbusters three while chatting with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. Um, this is part of that leak, that Sony leak, right? Yeah, there's been a lot of Ghostbusters stuff with the Sony leak. News. Yeah. And uh, here's what uh, Rebel Wilson had to say. Look, I have had a meeting, but who knows? They have to look at the script when it's finished. I would even do that without the money truck. I'd do that for free. I probably shouldn't say that on live TV. So she's definitely interested. Oh, who wouldn't be? Who's saying, nah, I wouldn't want to be any part of a Ghostbusters reboot? Bill Murray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to answer your question. So. <laughs> I mean, as far as new people. <laughs> coming to you know i know yeah yeah i know just you threw it out there i had to give you an answer yeah i, I still wouldn't be shocked if bill murray makes an appearance in this movie i would i would i think he's done yeah. I, I don't blame him no i i don't i don't i i can't blame bill murray for not wanting to come back what are your thoughts on that what, what are your thoughts on that Harmon about bill murray coming back and doing ghostbusters i don't think he would do it I think there's a better chance of it now, now that it's not Dan Aykroyd doing kind of a Blues Brothers 2000 thing with the franchise. I think now there's a better chance that we could see a 10-second cameo from Bill Murray than there was then. Maybe if Aykroyd's going to do it, and uh, I think Ernie Hudson was Winston, if they agree to do it, maybe you would get Bill Murray in there for a brief cameo. Yeah, I mean, you could always have him in there as a cameo, not being his uh, Ghostbuster character. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Kind of like a Zombieland type thing. Exactly, exactly. That would work. I don't see it. I don't. I don't even see him coming back doing a cameo. Yeah. There's been. Do we have more Ghostbuster stuff on the roster for the news? Absolutely. Jennifer Lawrence. This, yeah. Has also met with um, Feig. For dinner to talk uh, to talk about something. It's not confirmed that it was Ghostbusters three. They just met mm -hmm. for dinner, but I mean we, we can speculate that it was about Ghostbusters three since that's like the big thing on Paul Feig's uh, table right now. Yeah, I read this morning that it was the. A lot of people are saying it's the trifecta of Lawrence, Emma Stone, and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that, I was going to talk yeah, about that yeah. next. Uh, the Daily Beast reports that Sony hacks have revealed that Sony they want uh, Gosling. Um, they, they, they're interested in him for a couple projects, uh, Ghostbusters 3 being one of them, and then the Sinister Six movie. So, uh, yeah, um, Emma Stone, I mean, I, 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 you know, we've heard her name kind of tossed around with Ghostbusters a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's a, a serious way, though. I kind of expected more, um, since it's being written and directed by the Bridesmaids guys, I kind of expected that route a little bit more. I was kind of surprised that these were the three names we were getting. You know, I, so you think... You're, you're, I mean, Emma Stone, she can do comedy. I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm just surprised by it. I, I expected that we would throw in a Melissa McCarthy in there, or that we'd throw in a Kristen Wiig in there, or that we'd, you know, something like that would be in there. I'm surprised that it's, if this is the three main actors, I mean, I like it. It's, I'm excited for it, but I'm a little bit surprised by it. What do you think, Harmon? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Easy A was the first big comedy that she had done. Uh-huh. 
and that was an enjoyable comedy. Um, I love everything in general that she's done. I mean, Zombieland, that had a lot of great humor in it, too. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see her in the Ghostbusters uniform. Yeah, and Jennifer Lawrence was really funny in uh, American Hustle. Yeah, she was really good in that. And I, I think that kind of, like, that had some really good comedy chops for her. Um, Silver Linings, too, I guess. I thought she was funnier in American Hustle, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I just expected, a, you know, a female comedian to get thrown in there. Well, I mean... Like an Amy Poehler or something along those lines? Exactly, exactly. I would love that, too. I, I don't... Absolutely. I don't think that Gosling's going to be part of the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. if he's in the movie. And none of these are confirmed. These are just early talks. You know, I'm oh, sure... Yeah. I'm sure that Amy Poehler and, uh, you know, Kristen Wiig and some of these actresses, comedians may have their their agents may have been contacted yeah I, I, yeah we don't know what what's going to happen but that is what we keep seeing getting pushed around at least as of today right is that these three are possibly going to be involved yeah are you guys looking forward to the ghostbusters 3 with the with the ladies yes i'm looking Absolutely. more i'm looking more forward to that than i would be having it be dan Aykroyd bringing everyone back without bill murray yeah. So. What, what about an all male cast if they if they did that again, which I think that's going to be on the horizon. Um yeah, I don't want to see the originals come back at this point without Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Even with Bill Murray, I'm so soured on this. I'm so soured on it. I don't really care anymore. Yeah. I I, I mean, I stand by that. I don't think Ghostbusters 2 is very good. Yeah. So why would you want to try? <laughs> so, Harmon, you like Ghostbusters 2, right? I do. Uh, not as much as the first one, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it, but it's like more nostalgia. It's not a great film. Like with Ghostbusters 1, it's more than nostalgia. It's it's a classic. It holds up every time I watch it. It's because it was a great script. Yeah. I don't think the script for part two was as good. It's not a solid script. No, it's it's really terrible to me. So, And if they get a solid script for Ghostbusters 3... Who knows? I love Max Landis's script that we talked about. I loved it. With the opening and everything. Yeah, I and loved it. We find out where Slimer came from. Yeah. And what, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, I like that. All right, J.K. Rowling is releasing uh, 12 new pieces of everyone's favorite wizard, Harry Potter, for the holidays. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Which includes uh, new stories, and the first story has been released in the 4Pay Potter More service. But in order to read it, you first have to answer a riddle. The riddle was posted on Pottermore.com, and if you follow Pottermore on Twitter, the tweet read, Answer our riddle on Pottermore.com and unwrap brand new J.K. Rowling writing uh, writings. Uh, hashtag Pottermore Christmas. All right, here's the riddle. Have you guys read the riddle? No, I have not. In not a, yet. In a house on Spinner's End, a meeting takes place. A mother begs help for her son, tears on her face. Agreeing to help, though, he doesn't know how. Which potions? Uh, which potions master performs an unbreakable vow? That's that's easy, <laughs> Snape. <laughs> so you, you solve the riddle now. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know how it works then. What yeah, do you, I you know I haven't been on Pottermore much lately. It does not. I have all Apple crap right now, and it does not work on that at all. Like it does not work on Safari. Yeah. So with my laptop down, I haven't really been able to dig into Pottermore. I did the first two books, but right. after that, I haven't been able to get on it. 
So, yeah, that's interesting with the 12 new stories. Um, I heard we're going to get a new Umbridge story here real soon, too, hmm. or that just came out recently. So yeah. yeah, that came out, I think, a, a month or so ago. Okay, yeah, it's crazy how much new material. I wish she would just um, just write more books. Oh, uh, my, uh, when I turned 18, I went down to the tattoo parlor and got the Slytherin house shield as my first tattoo. Oh, there you go. So uh, I'm, I'm always down for more HB stories. Yeah, she is writing the screenplays for those movies, though, so that's exciting. Yeah, the, uh, was it the Fantastic Beast movies? Yeah, the Fantastic yeah. Beast trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Have they cast anybody in that? No, I don't think so. Who's the main character in that? Um, oh, it's, it's the guy that wrote the book. I was Newt Scramander. Newt Scamander, yeah. Newt, Newt Scamander, yeah. Yes. Who would you guys cast as Newt? Uh, I don't know. That's a, uh, that's that's a, a tough, tough question. One. I'm going Martin Freeman. Yeah. Did you see his SNL last night? I watched uh, the first half hour. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I heard I saw that the um, Bilbo office sketch has gone pretty viral already, though. Has it? Yeah. 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 So I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen that part yet. So yeah, uh, Harry Potter. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for those movies. Those are 2016, I think. I think they said the first one's 16. Yeah. And it's going to be taking place in part of it in New York City, so we're going to get some American wizard action. Yeah, that is exciting. You guys ready to move on to DC News? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Uh, got an email first. Uh, actually, it's uh, I got a, I got an email from him, and then uh, got another email from him. So two DC-related emails. From the same guy? Same guy. Michael Cornish. Oh, okay. Our 100th uh, iTunes review. Ding, ding, ding. Let's see here. He says, uh, when I heard there will be a boomerang-wielding supervillain in the Suicide Squad, I pictured Cactus Jack, and it just seems silly. Then I saw Boomerang on the Arrow Flash crossover, and I was really impressed. Did you like the repre- representation of this villain, villain, and how do you think they will tweak him in the movie to set him apart? Um, like like I said last week, guys, I, I did not watch the Arrow one because, unfortunately, I, I'm not caught up on Arrow. Now, Harmon, are you caught up on Arrow? Did you see this? Actually, at the uh, at the recommendation of Jared Gafford, I finally just started watching Arrow. So I'm only like two episodes into season one. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm on uh, season two, and it's one of those things. Just trying to find the time to like play catch up is just uh, so. I, I sorry, Michael. I suck. Yeah, and I do not watch Arrow. So, but it sounds like he thinks they made Boomerang cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard for me to compare this representation to what I want them to do in the Suicide Squad movie, um, since I didn't see this repre- representation. The second email he, sends, uh, he sent was, uh, I recently decided to rejoin the Evil Empire and get an iPhone. While looking through different movie and comic podcasts, I noticed that for most of them, including you guys, the Man of Steel episode was their most popular one ever. Why do you think that is? Does this make... Michael, have you not learned? He says, does this make Jake the Man of Steel hater reevaluate his opinion? <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> Michael, no, come on. Come on, you can't ask. Jake is not going to, you're never going to like that It's my movie. favorite comic book movie of all time now. Yeah. That that argument is indisputable. If it's the most downloaded about, about podcast movie, then it must be the best comic book movie. So I bow down to it. I'm going to go get some Carl's Jr. and bow down to Man of Steel. Can I 
go to IHOP the next morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, I'm just gonna knock shit over for 45 minutes straight after that. <laughs> In celebration of my favorite comic book movie, Man of Steel. I'm gonna knock some shit down. He's right though. Man of Steel was our most downloaded episode ever. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, it's like one of my, my, I'm, I'm so off kilter that episode too. So I'm always like, meh about that. What, what, uh, Harmon, what are your thoughts on Man of Steel? <clears throat> it's a decent movie. It's a, it's a popcorn action flick. That, that's how I have to view that movie. I mean, I don't think we want to get into the whole, you know, Superman killing Zod thing, but, uh, it's yeah, an all right, like I said, sit down, grab some popcorn, and it started this, you know, DC movie universe, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Ugh, off to a bad start, in my opinion. I loved Understandable. it. Understandable. I Tupperware it. I still Tupperware it. I still love the movie. I love it. I think it's great. Um, in DC, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Jake's opinion has not changed. And it will never change, people. Michael Cornish, he, he was just trying to start shit right there. You we're, think so? We're not going to fall for it this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. He was trying to instigate it between me and you. He wanted to see us go at it about this Man of Steel thing. I think at first it bugged me because I was so excited about the movie and then you shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and uh, now I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm used to it. Like, yeah. yeah. I remember when we recorded that episode, like Jay's looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> and like we, I remember we went to break and Jay was like, everything about that movie I thought you would love. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. In DC Quick News, it was confirmed that Jason Momoa was signed on for four movies to play Aquaman. Oh. And he also wants Zack Snyder to direct the Aquaman solo movie. Oh, please no. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm fine with him being signed on for four movies. That's that's cool. Um, so we can, you know, we know that one of them is going to be Batman v Superman. Um you know, you've got Justice League's part one and two, and then the Aquaman solo film. Now, um, as far as like Zack Snyder directing the Aquaman solo movie, doesn't he already have his hands pretty tied with, you know, Batman v Superman and then the two Justice League movies? It seems like. Not to mention Man of Steel 2, I would assume he's going to be yeah, behind also. Yeah, so he's got his, I mean, he's got a full plate there. I think they need to find a different director for the Aquaman movie. I want them to find different directors. Like I, I really like that they got David Ayer to do Suicide Squad. Um, I think that's a great choice. Um, the team dynamic in Fury, the movie he directed, was really awesome. Um, and so I want to see kind of like him be able to work with a, this uh, with the Suicide Squad and have them ha- have a have a really cool dynamic as well. I, I, we need a, we need new blood in there. I don't yeah, know. these movies need some individuality. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need Gordon Wright in every single one of them, and we don't need Zach. Even if I don't dislike Zack Snyder, I still, I still don't want the guy directing every movie. I want all these different characters to have their own voice, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So yeah, do it more. You know, like you're not you know copying everything Marvel's doing, but Marvel is doing some really cool stuff. I mean. You got the the Russo brothers directing. You got uh, uh, Whedon in there. I mean, uh, I almost said Edgar Wright. You got Peyton Reed. <laughs> All these different directors coming in there and uh, throwing their uh, their own style into the Marvel universe. I mean, th- th- and that's what's different about Marvel comic books to DC comic books. Like m- the Marvel comic books are so 
different. Mm-hmm. Each book is so different. Like you look at the Matt Fraction Hawkeye to the Dan Slott Silver Surfer mm-hmm. to you know uh, the Jonathan Hickman books, and then you go and look at the DC universe, and uh, the tone is all the same in most of those books, uh, except for maybe Flash. But the tone is so is really the same, and even the artwork across the board looks really, really similar. Yeah, in I, all those books, I agree with that. Anytime they take any kind of chance, it's like a Vertigo book, an Elseworlds book, right? Like they really make a big deal to make it off property. It seems like, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking another takeaway about that Momoa headline is that um, he must have had a lot of to do with uh, Zack Snyder in this uh, upcoming Batman v Superman to already have such a strong opinion about the guy as a director. Yeah. So we, we must be seeing quite a bit of Aquaman in this movie, or at least they've already developed this strong of a relationship that Momoa's making headlines saying that he wants Zack Snyder. Okay, well, think about it this way. I mean, you've got, you know, you've, you can say what you want to about Zack Snyder, but the visuals that he would be able to do with Aquaman, in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm getting visuals of like him standing there with a fucking trident and sharks and shit, like a Sharknado behind him. Sharks and whales and everything jumping out of the ocean. Visuals like that that Zack Snyder can pull off. That's, yeah. That's what I'm seeing. You know, uh, <laughs> underwater cities blowing up for 45 no, minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seahorses getting crushed. <laughs> uh, snorks going at each other. <laughs> Fighting, brawling in the streets. No, I, I, I'm just getting. I, I'm thinking of like, you know, you, 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 you know, Momoa said like they wouldn't have signed me if they didn't want Aquaman to be a badass. <laughs> and and nobody, in my opinion, can show off badassery image visuals better than Zack Snyder, in my opinion. And some of the things that he's done in other movies, like. There are some badass scenes in Watchmen. The comedian is badass. That prison mm-hmm. break scene, even though some of those th- things I don't like, the slow motion and shit <laughs> like that. It is flashy, um, but I, I... Oh, yeah. I hate that movie, too. <laughs> I love Watchmen. Jesus Christ. We need to stop talking about this. God damn it. You're just bashing everything I love. Um, 300, I love I love the visual style in that movie. Um, but uh, I, I think he could... I th- but I do – I want to see a different director in there for Aquaman. I would love to see some of the visuals that Snyder could do. But on the flip side, I think it needs a different tone. I think these movies, th- they need a different tone. Not everything needs to be cohesive in this fucking universe. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's have some, let's have some uh, different shit going on in each film. It, like the Marvel movies are just so different. Yeah, and then that's what makes it so crazy. That's why Avengers is such a hit that they managed to bring it all together in one yeah. cohesive movie. Yeah. So. I think it would be really good to get, especially for Aquaman, when I think of him, that's more of a fantasy kind of movie. And if they had a fantasy director or someone with a background in that, I think it could really be a standout movie. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys have anybody in mind who you'd like to see direct? How about like a Michael Gondry Aquaman movie? I'm not familiar with him. I'm What's not he either. Uh, he did Eternal, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And he's done a lot of, like, video work. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's, I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or Eternal Spotless Mind Sunshine movie or whatever it's called. <laughs> but I liked it. The Jim Carrey movie. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. I liked it. I liked it. But it's, it's, 
I don't know. Maybe that would work. Maybe if they cast him, I'd be excited. And after I heard some comments or something like that, or if they hired him, but it is kind of like, uh, it's kind of drastic. I mean, it, it's almost as drastic as, in my opinion, as like getting Colin Trevorrow, who did Safety Not Guaranteed, to mm-hmm. direct Jurassic World, which I'm all for. Yeah. So it's it's kind of along this along the same lines. So get yeah. breaks in there. Breaks <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for everything. Who directed the Star Trek, Star Trek Four with with the whales? <laughs> the whales. Uh, I think that might be the one that um, that um, Nimoy directed. I think it is. It is the one that Nimoy directed. Yeah. yeah. Let's, get, well, let's get Nimoy in there. Yeah, I think he's retired. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, Badass Digest is reporting that there is a major character that is dead by the time Batman v Superman starts. This is what they had to say. In this continuity, James Gordon has, at some point in the past, bitten the dust. How and at whose hands, I cannot tell you. All that's noted in the script is that there's a memorial plaque to James Gordon. This explains why the role wasn't cast for the film, at least. So you know, that's guys, sad. Well, keep in mind, guys, like this is not concrete. This is just a source. Um, you know, we've also heard the rumor that there's, you know, this was months ago, but there was the rumor of a dead Robin memorial in the in the Batcave. Mm, yeah, but I remember that. So, you know, um, we might get flashback scenes. I mean, we, we are getting flashback scenes. We know we are. Mm-hmm. You know, ta- they've talked about doing flashback scenes at the theater. We're going to get to see his parents die again. <laughs> Yay. So I'm sure we're, we might get some flashback scenes of Gordon, but he's not going to be a prominent character. I think they're trying to stray. They're trying to go, f- they're trying to go far away from like Gotham, the TV show. And then also, you know, the, the Nolan movies. <laughs> it's going to be Zack Snyder style, uh, Batman's parents death. A building's going to fall on him. <laughs> 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 oh, Brian's shaking his head at me. I've, I've gone over the line with the Zack Snyder jokes. It's yeah, it's hard. It's really fucking hard. It's going to be all Technicolor. Fucking you're lucky. Looking. You're no. You're so goddamn lucky that I love Sam Raimi. <laughs> because if I was shitting on him every fucking episode, yeah, I would cringe too. You don't love Zack Snyder to the level that you love Sam Sam Raimi, though, do you? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I, but I, I do, I do. I'm, I'm, I do love Zack Snyder. Is I he mean, in your top five favorite directors of all time? No, he's not in my top five. Top ten? Hmm. Possibly in my top ten for like the work that he's done. Okay. I mean, guys. I mean, they said Watchmen could not be made into a movie, into mm-hmm. a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> Mostly, Alan Moore said that. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of fans felt like there's a, there's so much source material that it yeah. could, it could not be done, and he found a way to do it. And I thought visually it was fan- I thought it was fantastic, and I, I loved Three Hundred, and I, I still love Man of Steel. Not a big fan of Sucker Punch, but on the flip side, the visuals were amazing. But he wrote the screenplay for that one, and I think that movie proved that you don't want him writing your screenplay. Is there an extended cut to Watchmen? Yes, yes. There's like a four or five disc. How how many more minutes are added to the movie? Is that worth seeing? Yeah, it's actually it's actually really cool. Um, what they do is they take um, the whole uh, in 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 the original graphic novel uh, the story the comic book that the guy the kid is reading reading uh-huh. on the street like the ghost ship or whatever it's called uh-huh. they turn that into an animated feature and it's like in the middle of the movie. Oh wow! It's really good. Hmm. So I love that. I've got it's like a four or five disc uh, ultimate Blu-ray set and I, I own that and I love it. Mm-hmm. So that year when it came out, it was like one of the only things I asked for for Christmas. Yeah, I'd like to see the extended cut of it for the first time. See yeah. if that made me think differently of it. 
don't know. You'll just get back on here and shit on it some more. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh God! <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, um, so yeah, we were talking about yeah James Gordon. Um, James Gordon is uh, dead. Makes it easy. Yeah. You, you really have to cast a powerful actor to pull that off, and it's almost easier just to say, "Okay, he's dead." Well, yeah, trying to uh, live up to fill in um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's shoes. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's best to just leave that one. Hmm. Yeah, Batman's old enough. Gordon's gone. They, it seems like in the article they make a big to do about how he died. Is that going to be a thing? Do you think in the movie? Mm, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Are they going to? Are they going to really address him, or is it going to be like just an Easter egg where we see the plaque? You yeah, know that's kind of what I'm asking too. Yeah. So I, I don't think guys. I don't think they have time to address it in this movie. It will probably get the Easter egg, and then like in the Batman solo film, that's where they'll talk about maybe how he died and stuff like that. Maybe the Joker killed him. Yeah, I get the feeling that the Batman solo film may go back in time. That it may take place before Batman v Superman. I hope not. I just get that feeling because we keep hearing like in the descriptions of this movie that it's like an aged Batman, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like this is going to be one of the later chapters. It just doesn't seem to go with everything else that they're doing, especially what Marvel's doing. Like Marvel's keeping with like the... Basically, like, when, you know, Captain America, the first movie came out, the second one was set, like, two years later. And, like, with, with all these movies that they're doing now in the DC Cinematic Universe, like, we get, we get Man of Steel, and they're going to do Man of Steel 2. And it's, it, should, it should keep in with the time stream, the current DCU time stream. I, if they go back in time, I, I'd rather see them do that in flashback sequences if they have to. Yeah. I just feel like this is going to happen with the Batman movies. Like, I see Batman moving forward in Justice League movies and in Man of Steel sequels, like the character. But I feel like he might move backwards in Batman solo movies. What gives you that feeling? I don't know. Just a hunch. Huh. Like, just Gordon's dead. You know, what's going on with, like, the Suicide Squad stuff? Uh, You know, we've already, like, by having an older Batman, we've already, like, already run through the mill of all the classic villains like we have to reestablish backstory for everything whereas for it would be just easier for hollywood to just go back in time it's like okay this takes place before batman v superman Hmm. i could see that happening too i mean because from what i've gathered the batman v superman we'd be looking at dick grayson would be old enough to be nightwing at this point you know what i mean yeah exactly so, it would be interesting to see them in the solo movie go back and have that little bit of a younger Batman where James Gordon is still alive. Yeah, where, where this new Batman in this new crossover universe is facing the Joker for the first time. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, the older Batman will reference things that happened in the past. Or you'll see certain things, you know, different events that happened or people that died and maybe the solo movie will shed some light and we'll actually see those things happen yeah and it's not too different than what's going on in the comics really per se either with snyder kind of taking a year off to uh jump in the past and do all the year zero stuff yeah Yeah, year zero year one so it's like the movies can be like the big events that happened in the past or at least the batman solo movies can but yet the character will still move forward in Justice League movies and in other DC superhero movies. I don't like this idea. I don't. I don't like it. 
with Suicide Squad coming out, I think like it should tease the Joker, and I think like uh, I think everything should just stay in continuity. Like they should just lead up to like the next the me- the meetup between Batman and the Joker. That relationship's established already. I think they could do that. Really interesting. I don't disagree that it shouldn't do that, but I feel like they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot by having such an older Batman represented in Batman v Superman. Hmm. That's a good point. It, it, my my argument isn't that this is the best way to do it. It's that this feels like almost like the only way they can do it now. Just because of the age thing? Yeah, I just I just don't see it. So so we're gonna see Batman's first encounter with the Joker take place in continuity after the Suicide Squad movie and after Batman's been no, in Gotham it, for like twenty plus some years. No, 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 no. That's. No, not at all. Not their first meetup. These guys have already met up before. Yeah. These guys, I mean, and there's already been rumors that, that they've met up before. Like, like um, there's the rumor out there that uh, Superman has the knowledge of the Joker already. and uh, In the Batman v. Superman movie. Right. Yeah. I just, I just can't see him not wanting to go back and show that the first new encounter with these two new versions of Batman and Joker. I just can't see him not wanting to do that. I can. I can. I can totally see them not wanting to do what Nolan did in those films. I can see them wanting to take a new approach at this, and that all this stuff has already happened. We don't have to. We don't have to go back into the past. We can drop little Easter eggs and hints as to what's happened, but they can already have an established relationship as far as being foes. I feel like both can very well happen. That you can go back into the past and not do anything like the Nolan stuff. I feel like the. Nolan's interpretation of the Joker is so different than what we're getting ready to see that it's going to be this is going to be a Joker that's a super villain more than what the previous incarnation was. I'm uh, may, they may they very they may very well do a whole movie that's that takes place in the past. I I personally don't want to see it. I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, it it just seems like this Joker is going to be um I mean, he's obviously going to be different than the Nolan interpretation because it's going to be like a multiverse supervillain type character since we know he's going to be in the Suicide Squad movie too. Right. So it's it's a very different take than, you know, you can still do the flashbacks and not have it be a Nolan ripoff because the character will be so different. You're talking about like a whole movie though being a flashback. Yeah, the whole movie will be a flashback of Batman and the Joker. Hmm. I don't. I, I'm. I don't like that. I want them to. I want them to move forward with this. I don't want to be like, okay, we just got done watching such and such movie. I want to see like, you know, where Batman is after that movie. Like what he's doing after that movie. I don't want to like go back and them go into the past and delve into like how this Batman and Joker first met and all that stuff. I want them to stay with the with the continuity. You yeah. know. I it's, mean, Affleck's only forty-one. It's not like he's on his last legs here. No, it's but but they've aged Affleck, haven't they? For Batman v Superman, I don't know. They, I don't know if they've come out like a, with an official age. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I oh. mean, but it's not. He's not like he's not a spring chicken. He's not like in his you know late twenties or something. Are we going to get a Joker origin in Suicide Squad? What's your opinion on that? Or is he just going to be the Joker? I hope he's just the Joker. Yeah. I hope we get a Harley Quinn flashback scenes of her origin, meeting the Joker, mm-hmm. establishing that relationship. But as far as, like, the Joker himself, let's just 
let's leave the mystery there. That's fun, dude. Yeah, absolutely. That's what makes part of the Joker so interesting. Right. Is no one knows his origin. Yeah, you can still do, even to that argument, though, you can still, it's not an origin story for the Joker. It's Batman's first encounter with the Joker that we want to see. I don't want to. I definitely do, especially with who we have playing the Joker. I want to see that. If not in a whole movie, then at least in like a half an hour flashback. Just give me a just give me a comic book where they explain the story. That's, yeah. for me that's comic fine. Yeah. yeah, just give me a comic tie-in. I, I don't. I don't. I, I want them to move forward with this. I, just 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 establish that they have a relationship that they've that they've dealt with each other in the past. Allude to those meetings. I don't have to see everything. Yeah, it could be fun to do both, though. I, you could do the flashback movie, and then that when you move forward, that just makes that even that much more impactful. I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, do you think we're going to get a classier Joker, kind of like Nicholson was, with the slipped back hair and the, the nice-looking suit? Or do you think we're going to get a little bit more of the, the Ledger Joker with Leto? I think, um, as far as the look, I, I think I, I think they're going to make him look very scary. I think they're going to make him look close to where, where he's at in the like comic books. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a big sure. screen staple face Joker. Mm-hmm. Even you think Leto could pull that off? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. It'll be interesting for sure. I, I'd kind of like to see that scarier Joker myself. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'd like to see the staple face Joker, especially with Leto in there. I think it's kind of the best of both worlds with Leto. I think he'll be charismatic plus scary. Like I think he has the capability to be both, like like a switch that can go on and off. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a range as an actor for sure. Um, I want to see him to be, you know, like yeah, like uh, interacting with Harley, being charming. Yes. I can see him delivering, like, a very charismatic speech, but I can also see him just going balls to the walls, fucking ham crazy. Right. Yeah, this is like the... This is like the fictional story of, like, uh, what's happening in real life with Charles Manson and his <laughs> his fiance. You know what I mean? Uh, did they get married? They're getting married, uh-huh. if they're not married now. <laughs> it's like I the think r- they only have till the end of January before the uh, certificate expires. Okay. You're really following this. <laughs> we brought the right guy on for this story. Yeah, we did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Hollywood Reporter broke some news, uh, new news about the old uh, Krypton show and where Warner Brothers uh, is currently in regards to that project. Here's what they had to say about Krypton. Sci-fi is turning to David S. Goyer, the man behind The Man of Steel, to develop Superman's origin story, Krypton. Uh, From Warner Horizon Television and DC Comics, Krypton takes place years before the Superman legend we know, when the House of L was shamed and ostracized. This drama, which is in development, follows The Man of Steel's grandfather as he brings hope and equality to Krypton. Turning a planet in disarray into one worthy of giving birth to the greatest superhero ever known. Uh, Ian Goldberg from uh, Once Upon a Time and Flash Forward will pen the script and executive produce alongside Goyer. The story was conceived by both Goyer and Ian Goldberg. Thoughts on the uh, Krypton? Uh, the Krypton show. Um, 
You know, I like the idea of this. I think we, I might have said this before. If it's like a three to six episode thing and we're out. But a series, eh. going to be. It sounds like it's going to be a series. Yeah. I I mean, I'll, I'll be there for the pilot and I'll give it a chance. But it, it would take a lot to get me to stay here. I uh, agree with Jake. I, like in, At the most, like a ten part miniseries, uh, that would be the best way to tell this story. I don't think it's something. I don't think it's a story that's compelling enough to get me to sit down for season after season. Yeah, I don't want to see no twenty-four episode season of this. This should be like a, an Agent Carter where we get six to eight episodes and wrap up the story. Um, it does. Does this sound though to you guys? We've got the CW doing some shows. We've got the Teen Titans show on TNT in development. Uh, the uh, Supergirl thing with Greg Berlanti going on at CBS. You know, we've got Constantine on uh, NBC. All these shows seem to be not canon with the movie universe. Um, the fact that David S. Goyer is involved in this, does this make you think that this show could, in fact, be canon to the things that we might see in the DCU? That's a valid point. I do think that. Um, it seems like they do plug it as kind of the origin story of the Superman we met in Man of Steel. Right? No, no, I'm, yeah, that's why I asked the question. I, I totally agree. I feel like they are promoting it that way and that it will tie in. I don't know how much they'll use it to that extent, like if they'll use it to promote new things that are going to happen in new movies, but it'll definitely be connected to the Superman character in Man of Steel. Right. Now, what do you, what do you think, Carmen? I think it could go either way, and that we'll see how it's received a couple episodes in. And if it's for if the stars align and it happens to be amazing, then they might say, "Yeah, this is canon; it's tied in." And if it ends up being a flop, they might say, "You know, it's it's based off of it, but it's not actually connected." <laughs> I can't see Goyer wanting to do this if it wasn't. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Why even that bother? That makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't see him wanting to do this if it wasn't connected in some way. The problem I have with this, though, is we've seen Krypton, what it looks like in The Man of Steel, on a TV budget, on sci-fi. Are they, are they going to be able to do this? Or is it just going to look like shit? <laughs> I mean, I think they would probably try to put a lot of money into this. I don't think it would look the level that it did in the movie, but I think it would look pretty decent. Okay, they do that. They go that route. They put a lot of money into this. I just think that's more reason for this show to fail. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're putting money into TV like that, if it is just not doing gangbusters in the ratings, you're fucked. I mean, look at... uh what was the show? Uh, Almost Human. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, you got J.J. Abrams' name attached to this thing. And the budget was just out of this world. And you got Carl Urban and Michael Ealy. Um, I mean, great actors, huge budget, great show in my opinion. But it wasn't pulling in the ratings because these, these – guys, these shows don't make a ton of money. No, I agree. The one that came to my mind was uh, the uh, Terminator spinoff, the uh, Sarah, Sarah Connor, Chronicles. Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Um, same thing. I mean just huge budget, great, right. great actors. But, I mean, if it's not pulling in the viewers, it can't afford that budget. Because you need viewers to make merchandise and, and you know, all this other stuff where on the TV side where they're going to make money. Um, 
yeah, I, I just see like I, I don't know. I, I think the show's I think it's kind of destined to fail if, if they go the big budget route, but I, they have to in order to show us a proper Krypton. Yeah, I agree. It's like all or nothing with this deal. Like, we don't want to see, like, a crappy soundstage Krypton for a whole season. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, know. It's interesting. This should have been a six to eight episode miniseries. Definitely. Well, they both should. I, Marvel's smart to cap off the Agent Carter thing. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and DC is... is I feel like they're insane to shoot for the moon here. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a risky move with Krypton, for sure. Yeah. Oh, Gotham's a hit. We'll have Krypton. Yeah. Oh, and then we'll have Capital City. You know, and whatever, you know. Is it, is, is it too much, guys? Is, is, are all these uh, comic book TV shows, is it too much? I mean, is it is it too much for us in, 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 a, in a week to watch Flash, Arrow, Constantine, Teen Titans, Supergirl, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Krypton, uh, you know, everything else that they're coming out with? Is, is, it, is it a little too much? Um, I mean, the, the short answer is yes, I think it is. Um, you definitely need to pace this stuff. I mean, not have it all aired at the same time. And you got to kind of pick, you know, if, if the quality's there, then we'll find the time to watch it. Right. I, uh, for, for me personally, on average, I work between 55 and 60 hours a week. So I don't have a lot of time to invest in TV shows. So it has to be a super high quality show for me to sit down and spend time with it. And there's just so many different choices that it's like the market's flooded. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always shows in the back burner that you're like, yeah, I need to, I need to see that. You know? Right. So, does this sound like? Um, I don't know. Does this sound like a uh, kind of like what they're doing with Gotham? I mean, you know, we're, we're are we going to see? You know, Man of Steel. We're going to see Superman's grandfather. Are we going to see like a like a young like a young uh, Jor El? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they'll try to tie it in as much as possible. Yeah, and that could be kind of cheap. Sure, they will. I don't know. I'm I'm not worried about this show. I mean, it's not like I'm like, oh my god, I hope this show succeeds or fails. I, I could care less either way. They're going to fuck up Krypton. They're going to yeah. fuck up the Man of Steel prequel. Right. I don't know. I'm not excited for it. Um, yeah, and how? how the story was conceived by Goyer. I think once Goyer's going to set the tone for this thing, and then I, it sounds like this Ian Goldberg from Once Upon a Time and Flash Forward, he's going to be the one that uh, stays on and kind of like once 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 they sail the ship, he's going to be the one that kind of like navigates this show afterwards. Yeah, he's the Lindelof to the Abrams like right. the, in Lost. Yeah. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, hey, uh, yeah, I think our time here for DC News is done. Jacob, you've got you've to hop off here, don't you? I do. Uh, it's been a blast talking with you guys. Yeah. Though. Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do now is uh, we are going to uh, take a quick pause. We're going to come back. We're going to do things a little out of order this week. We're going to come back, and we're going to do Star Wars news. We might have some uh, different guests with us. So, But, yeah, thank, uh, thank you, Harmon, for joining us uh, this week. Hopefully we can have you back on again, dude. Absolutely, guys. It's always a pleasure getting to talk with both of you. And uh, maybe next time I'll get to talk with Frank. Yeah, there you go. Go, go, Jay Harms Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you later, dude. All right.
right, hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna jump into Star Wars news this week. So yeah, of course I gotta play the bumper, right? Don't I, Jake? Bumper it up. Bumper it up. Yeah, I just gotta find this bitch. Where are ya? Star Wars news. What are Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, Star Wars news, and it's not just not me and you this week, Jake. No, there's other people here. All right, introduce yourselves, uh, friends of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at don't laugh at me. God damn it! You know I was gonna let Ryan go first. We're, okay, where's the? How do I hang up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Ryan. I'm the uh, host, one of the hosts of Star Joe's podcast, uh, where we cover Star Wars, GI Joe, and pretty much every '80s property in between. So, Rainbow Bright. Oh, we will, sure. All right. Look forward uh, to that episode. We've done the Care Bears and Strawberry Shortcake one time. So. What, were, what were the villains called in Rainbow Bright? Do you remember that off the top of your head? They had a great... Uh, that was uh, the Purple Pie Man. Oh, there you go. Oh, no. That was, oh, no, that strawberry, was strawberry Shortcake. shortcake. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I don't like know the glooms, The Glooms or something like that? Yeah. My sister had Rainbow Bright. I don't remember what it was, though. They, like, painted the world in darkness or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> see. I'll look it up while uh, uh, Eric's introducing himself. Yeah, and uh, I'm Eric. I'm, I guess, now the host of the Awesome Movie Podcast, where we just watch movies and talk about them. Just awesome movies? Do you watch shitty ones, too? Uh, oh, there's some shitty ones in there, especially with, like, Starship Troopers. Oh, I hate that movie. Yeah. Hate Starship Troopers, huh? Well, I love the book. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a whole different ball of wax with the movie. Yeah, yes it is. Like, I mean, we just did uh, Ratatouille, we just released, and then the next one is Ghostbusters, so. Oh, man. You guys love Ratatouille, I hope. Um, some of us more so than others. Uh, let's put it that way. Wow, wow. <laughs> to me, I, pu- I put that one towards the bottom of the Pixar Pantheon, so. He likes the soup, not the movie. Yeah, you like cars I- more than Ratatouille? <laughs> I do like cars more than Ratatouille. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! No, see, no, 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 no. see, here's the explanation: because the setting and the background of Cars is freaking beautiful and amazing to me. Plot, whatever, but it's really the. Uh, and I'm sorry if my wife's banging on something in the kitchen. Um, but the, uh, like I said, the plot's mediocre, but it's really the the settings and the backgrounds are just amazing. Oh, I think the backgrounds and settings in Ratatouille are better than in Cars than just seeing the yeah. track all the time and the stands and all that. Well, most of most of uh, Cars takes place on Route sixty six, not in the uh, not in the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I tend to agree. I agree with Jake on this one, and I don't normally agree with Jake. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, Ryan, we're gonna get along just fine. That's Man of Steel is awesome. Yes! What? Yes! Sucks. What? Man of Steel is the worst. We're not going to do Star Wars news. We're just going to do a Man of Steel debate. It's going to be just a backyard uh, bare knuckles fisting brawl. Oh, I'm not ready for this. I'll, I'm, I'll torture myself I'm not, and I'm sit through it again. I'm sorry. By the way, Rainbow Bright's villain's name was uh, Murky Dismal. Murky and... Dismal. That's good shit. That's and you on the podcast. Voice. 
He was voiced by Peter Cullen. Holy shit. Wow. wow. Optimus what? Prime himself. Murky Dismal. Yeah. Oh, man, is that Twitter handle taken already? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars news, and uh, we've got uh, some Star Wars fans with us. Yeah, and unfortunately, Man of Steel ones, too. Right. <laughs> Thank God for that. Finally. I felt so alone. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. you guys are big Star Wars fans. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Star Wars history. Uh, sure. I'll go ahead and kick off again. Um, so I was born in 75, so I was two when Star Wars came out, so I did not see the official release in 77, but... I believe I saw it when it was re-released in 79, uh, right be- the year before uh, Empire came out. I know I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater because I remember that very vividly. My dad taking me there. There was cosplayers that like worked for the theater, and one was dressed up as Darth Vader, and he started coming down the aisle, and I was in the aisle seat, and I remember like completely like getting freaked out and completely <laughs> So... Uh, Grew up with all the toys, of course. Read some of the comics growing up. In fact, my very first comic book was the first issue of Empire of uh, Return of the Jedi, which had Luke and Leia and Lando on the cover. It was a purple cover. I remember it very vividly. Um, never lost my fandom of Star Wars, even during the prequel years when everyone else probably did. Um, and uh, then... Yeah, five years ago, started doing a podcast, and I was like, okay, Star Wars has to be part of it, because it's the thing I know the most about. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, a child of 78, so I'm like one movie behind you. Like, I I saw Empire, I just don't remember it, but I vividly remember Return of the Jedi opening night. Yeah. So... And also to add some credence to my background is I own, at least in one form or another, every Dark Horse comic that's come out. Um, I'm in the process of trying to get the actual floppies of every single one because some of them I just haven't trade. And uh, I own all of the books, not the children's books or like the teen, teen books, but all the ones that were made for what was at the time the EU canon um, or semi-canon. And uh, that's uh, like 150, 354 books. I've not read all of those, but I've read a lot of them, and I am going to be reading all of them. Um, but I have read all the Dark Horse comics that ever came out. That's impressive. Um, now, the interesting thing is is that Dark Horse, of course, lost the license to Marvel. But right. as far as the uh, literary world, um, the publisher, it's still um, like Del Rey, right? It is yes. still Del Rey. But the um, continuity, of course, everything that happened previously was wiped out, but Del Rey still does produce the books. So, yeah, lucky them. I mean, they they didn't take the blow that Dark Horse took. At least, I mean, regardless of losing 300-plus books in canon, at least they're the official home of new canon. Yeah, and I think that if Disney didn't own Marvel, I don't think we would have seen it leave Dark Horse. But since Disney owned Marvel, they're like, we already have it comic producing company that can give it more exposure so let's go ahead and take it back yeah it's just too high profile for them not to do yeah 
Have they said that uh, the Star Wars comics that are coming out like in January, February, March, all the new ones coming out, are those going to be part of Marvel Unlimited or is that going to be a separate service? Um, well, if oh. they will be part of Marvel Unlimited, we won't see them until, you know, the six months later. Sure. But yeah, they, right. haven't, they haven't spoken out on whether or not we're going to get those or not. Those fucking would, comics, they're going to get me in the stores again. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I would be willing to bet that they will be in the Unlimited. I can't see why they wouldn't be. Um, that's too much of a pull for them to, to not do it. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen, and maybe it's in your news already, but the Star Wars number one is predicted uh, it looks like it's going to sell a million copies, which has not happened in 21 years. Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about that last week, actually. And I know you haven't been keeping up with the episodes. You're in the same predicament as me. You used to have a lot of time to like listen yeah. to podcasts, and now you're not. You're, you don't have like the drive that you had. Right. Like the drive. I'm in the same predicament. Like I used to work an hour away, and now I work five yeah. minutes away. So it's not like I get to listen to the podcast I used to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Now I find now I find reasons to listen to podcasts. So I listen I always listen to when I went grocery shopping. So if I went to the grocery store I would put earbuds in and that's fantastic yeah. advice for I do anyone. that too. I do that too. I don't have to listen to the like the 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 families arguing about like yes. what if they're gonna get chicken nuggets or if they're gonna get, you know, like what other shitty kind of meal that they're gonna going to get the kids and i don't have to listen to the you know the the husband and wife fight about like uh do, do the kids need pampers do the kid needs they, they, do we need pampers <laughs> oh, i work at a grocery store alone, so. they don't ask you to reach stuff on the high shelf or yeah. anything like that they just go about your business yeah well, how often do you get asked to reach stuff on shelves you oh, get asked quite a lot they'll ask you yeah oh my god how many old ladies live around you you have to understand, too, I have one of these faces that just weirdos like to talk to for some reason. Like, I'm just the everyday-looking guy. So, like, I've been in, like, Best Buys and someone turning to me going, what do you think about this movie? You think this is a good movie? I'm like, I don't work here. I don't know what you're talking to me for. But, um, yeah, I, I get people all the time say, how do you get these strangers just talking? I'm like, I don't know. I attract weird people. I don't know. And well, yeah, welcome to our show. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, yeah. We've achieved, that's hilarious. Yeah, we're weird people. So yeah, can I um, talk about that Star Wars comic thing a bit? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people um, complaining that they're going to sell all those copies because of all the variant covers and everything. And I, I think that's a million a, variant covers. Yeah, that, that's kind of a bullshit complaint, though, right? No one's calling bullshit on X Men number one. I mean, it it pulled the same trick, and it's the the highest selling comic of all time at this point, still, right? right? Are, you, are you talking about like X Men number one by Jim Lee back in the nineties? Yeah, the no the, the no adjective um, X Men number yeah, one with the five, five covers. covers. Yeah, the five covers with the fifth being the the combination or whatever. Yeah, and the, and that fifth cover didn't even come out on the Wednesday. It came out like a, like three or four Wednesdays later. That's really the highest selling comic of all time. That is the highest selling book of all time. If I'm I I, I could yeah, be wrong. I, I mean. Wow. I'm feeling it was, yeah. Yeah, it was either that one or the the Spider Man that came out in the nineties. Mm, I'm almost I'm almost positive that it, it is. Huh. It's the as of now, the highest selling comic book of all time is X Men number one by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Wow. And let's let's face it, even if you take out all those variants, this comic is still gonna sell like even if you just had the regular cover. The com- not everyone's going out and trying to buy all the variants. I mean, it's just not your average consumer is not going out and buying all the variants. So you have to figure it's still going to sell 700,000, 800,000, even if you take out all the people that bought duplicates for the variants and stuff like that. Yeah, to play devil's advocate to that argument, though, it's the retailers because the 
sure. Dynamite gives the retailers the incentive. They're like, for every hundred you buy, we'll give you one of these covers, and then they can jack the shit out of the price of that comic book and make money. So that well, definitely it, helps towards the million. Absolutely, and well, and that's what actually caused all these variants to occur was Marvel opened it up and basically not that long ago and just said, if you buy X number of issues, you will get your own exclusive variant cover as a retailer. Yeah, because you've always got the Midtown Comics variant cover. Right. Yeah. I think the the comic store that I tend to go to is one of those that's getting its own variant cover. Which one's that? It's Third Eye in uh, Annapolis. Um, but I, I heard they are, but I don't know if they actually are or not. Damn it, that's going to be another one i got to get then. Well, that one I could probably help you with. <laughs> are you going to try to get every variant? I am not. There's two of them I know I'm not going to get because they're just too expensive. Um, there's the sketch variant of Alex Ross, and there's the sketch variant of the Joe Casada cover. Mm-hmm. The Alex Ross sketch variant is like two hundred dollars uh, to at the cheapest I found it, and then the cheapest for the Joe Casada vari- sketch variant is like four hundred dollars. Holy, no man. way I can do that. But mm-hmm. most of the variants I'm finding are like ten dollars or under. So I am trying to get as many of them as I can. And realistically, we're talking there's like 40-some variants, or am I lowballing yeah. it? It's almost up to 50 right now. Okay, so I'm right, I'm right in the ballpark. Yeah. Okay. That's, God, uh, that's so ridiculous. I just need one. I'll go in the comic shop and I'll take one, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to get one copy myself. One, please. I'm just going to get whatever they send me, because I, I go through an online service to have my comic book shipped to me. Yeah. Whatever yeah. they feel like they want to send me, that's fine. I'd kind of like to pick. Like, give yeah. me, like, five to pick from, and I'll pick which one my favorite is of that. And we've talked about this on my show. Uh, you know, I have uh, Robert Atkins as a comic artist, and he's one of the co-hosts on the show. And we were saying, like, these people could take all these variant covers and have their cover set for the next three, four years, rather than doing a ton of variants just for one issue. Yeah, but it's so, I mean, you only get that issue number one one time. And, and sure. as we've seen from a lot of the images, there are lots of those iconic Star Wars images that we relate to, like, the first series of posters and images yeah. that Star Wars first put out for that first movie. I mean, not yeah. all of them, but I'd say more than half of them kind of mm-hmm. harken back to those original yeah. posters. I, say, I, wouldn't, I would never do this for any other comic. It's just because it's Star Wars that I'm like... Okay, I really want to try to get as many of these as I can. Yeah, I feel bad for you completists out there, like that have <laughs> to have every you know cover. I I do. I feel bad for them. It's not like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about variant covers. I mean, sometimes they're I love them. Sometimes I hate them. Um, it's just it's just like it just seems like uh, if any comic book didn't need a boost in sales, it's going to be Star Wars number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I. I agree. I agree. I guess they're just going for the gold, going for all the gusto. Yeah. You only get one shot at Star Wars number one, so you might as well just make it as big of an event as possible. Yeah, just these well, here's Go ahead. I was going to say, the, the, here's the interesting thing with it, and the kind of the sad thing about it is Dark Horse came out with that Brian Wood uh, comic, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah, and the number one issue of that sold about 100,000 copies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, because it's with Marvel, it's going to sell a million copies. And it takes place during the same time period. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just because well, it is with Marvel. Have they announced Episode 7 yet before that Brian Wood comic started? Um. Yes. No, they yeah. have not. Really? Well, they, Disney owned, like, yeah, I mean, they were already in the knowledge of that, didn't they? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I... I 
I'm trying to remember if that. I mean, we didn't know it was the Force Awakens was, or have a trailer, but but we knew Episode Seven was coming. And, well, it was October 2012, I believe, is when it, Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney. Yeah. yeah, this comic came way after that. Yeah, because but the Brian Ford comic only twenty issues. Yeah, because uh, they because they didn't come right out and say, they said right at the start, "Oh, we're going to be making more movies," but. I don't think they had really. It was. It took like another year before they had every any real information nailed down on it. Seven. So I just remember. No, I just. They, I, no, I had. They the, came out and said they were doing episode seven, eight, and nine almost like a week after they announced the. Right, but that is no that is correct. Beyond that, they gave us so a date too. They gave us a year, time. like right away. Like right away, like within a week. Like Ryan's right. They gave us a date and they said it would be episode seven. Not a date, but a year. A year. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we, we all figured it was going to be May 2015. Mm-hmm. Right. So. So, yeah, that Brian Wood comic was out when they announced it. Now, yes, the hype is up even more because now we got the teaser trailer out there and all that type of stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think everything feels so much more solid now, too. It's like when Brian Wood was doing it and writing about Luke and Han and Leia, it was like, yeah, 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 we've seen a million, like, EU things. But now that it's like concrete episode seven these characters are going to be back like the marvel stuff feels more special you know what i'm saying like it it holds more weight as as having comic books is going to be affecting everything else so yeah well and but let's face it even if it was still a dark horse and they were coming out with a new number one right now like in january the same time that marvel is it would not have sell, sold as much as it will under Marvel. It just won't. It's That's the sad side of it is that Dark Horse doesn't draw the attention that Marvel draws. Really, so. you don't... I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I still... Maybe. I mean, if they had 50 variant covers and they said it was the official tied to the movie stuff and everything, you don't think they'd still... I think they would have sold like 200,000 or 250,000. I don't think they would have yet ever came close to doing a million. Mm, yeah. I mean, look at, I'll give you an example is IDW came out with that My Little Pony comic. And My Little Pony has got a huge following, enormous, and that comic sold, I think, well over 100,000 copies, which was astronomical for IDW. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Katie Cook on that book, and nobody yeah. thought it was going to pull those kinds of numbers when it first got announced, and it just blew everything out of the water. So. And I can tell you for a fact, I have retail. I have retailers in my area, and you guys might have the same. I have retailers in my area that will only buy Marvel and DC comics, and there's a lot across the country like that. To be fair, so, though, yeah. you're comparing My Little Pony to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed at the fandom, though. Yeah, both world-building <laughs> stories. <laughs> well, like I said, I, there are retailers out there that will only buy Marvel and DC because that's what sells in their store. Mm-hmm. There, they will. There's very. There's some stores that will not buy any or buy very few. In- <laughs> And the titles. Yeah, you go to so. what, what's the bookstore? Is it Barnes and Noble? Barnes and Noble. Yeah. yeah, Barnes and Nobles. I don't know. They they've got mo- it's mostly Marvel and DC. I still run into Dark Horse Star Wars titles there at those uh, yeah, kind of places, yeah. though. Yeah, but my, our, our uh, the, we have it's not a Barnes and Nobles, but it's just like a regular book, like a, like a magazine bookstore place mm-hmm. in our mall, and like uh, a B Dalton or a Walden book. Exactly, and, and all oh, they sorry. have is Marvel and DC. That's it. There's nothing else. <laughs> the, the books a million near me has got they've got an entire section that's comics it's all trades but it's everything i mean they got idw in there all over the place 
Yeah. But like I said, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that Marvel is able to give it that exposure. I just don't think that a new number one under Dark Horse would have sold a million copies, even with a ton of variants and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy that it's getting the exposure that's getting. I mean, as a Star Wars fan, it's like, this is going to sell a million copies. Oh my God, people are actually paying attention <laughs> to Star Wars again. Not that I didn't think they would, but. I'm in agreement with you, Ryan. I think, oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at the numbers every month, Marvel's up at the top. Yeah. And they've already got that going for them. So, yeah, combine that with Star Wars and then also, like, the the writers and artists that Marvel has yeah. you know, under their belt. I think, yeah, you're going to get close to a million copies sold with Star Wars number one under Marvel as opposed to Dark Horse, which I agree. Probably, you're probably looking at 200, 250,000. I don't know. Yeah. And, and if you have the 50 variants, that number might get bumped up a little bit more. Right. That's a very good point, Brian. The, definitely the creators and the artists definitely bring a, a whole new level of excitement to it that Dark Horse just couldn't do. Yeah. Which I'm ecstatic to see Jason Aaron writing it because Jason Aaron has become one of my favorite comic writers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have John Cassidy art, which has been looking phenomenal. If you guys have seen the sample pages, it looks gorgeous. It does look good. I was worried when they announced it was Cassidy because he can be real well, hit and I- miss. Yeah, that's my fear, though, is I hope he's got, like, six issues under his belt already. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the Marvel style now, is that it's... Cassidy's not going to be on. It'll, it'll be six issues of Cassidy. It'll be six issues of this guy. It'll be six issues of that guy. That, yeah. That's kind of the Marvel style across the board at this point. Well, hopefully they don't switch writers. I want to see Jason Aaron on this book no. for the long haul because that's been a problem, too. Like, they start off with, like, six issues of this writer writing Nova, and then we get another writer writing Nova, mm-hmm. and then – so. Yeah, my other issue would be is don't – if you're going to have – John Cassidy on for the first six issues. Don't then change the art style so much that it looks jarring. Like, don't go from John Cassidy to Mike Ulrich. Yeah, I was thinking don't get Chris Bachelor on after after Cassidy yeah. or whatever, you know? So, yeah, I, that's, it's a good point. I, I bet Cassidy will stay on and do covers. I bet we'll see at least 20 to 30 covers out of Cassidy before he's gone. Sure. Um, guys, the trailer dropped, and so I want to know your opinions on the Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer that came Do out. Do I get to introduce myself here? Oh, shit. Well, you introduced, <laughs> you introduced yourself. You need to, yeah, you need to grab that mic. Grab that mic, and then, yeah, yeah, you, you did. But, yeah, just grab the mic. Let us know uh, what Star Wars means to you. Uh, I'm a couple of months younger than Ryan, and I've been told by my parents that they went to go see Star Wars in the theater when I was, like, one and a half or so. And apparently I went apeshit and loved it. Um, I don't remember seeing Empire in the theaters. I remember coming out of Jedi. Um, and it's just kind of always been there. Um, plus, it got to the point a couple of years ago where I ended up joining the 501st Legion and the Rebel Legion. So I'm you know, currently EXO of Old Line Garrison, which covers Maryland and D.C. But So I'm into the costuming side of things and... I read some of the comics. Uh, don't buy a lot of the toys, really. It's the Lego sets I'm into. Um, but uh, I guess that's the quick rundown. Nice. Do you feel better now? Sure. <laughs> Do you feel better now that you got that out there? I almost tried to steal your thunder and move on. All right, let's talk about let's talk about the Star Wars: The Force Awakens trailer a little bit, just kind of abbreviated. I want to know, you know, Ryan, Eric, what you guys thought of the trailer. Well, I'll let Eric go this time first, since he was a little butthurt about the last. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was a butthurt. 
<laughs> Shouldn't you, oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's the What's on Your Mind guys with the butter. Um, I love the trailer, um, especially the uh, oh, the X-Wing part, which is like, oh, Homer drool. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, but, uh, and I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about the lightsaber. I'm okay with the lightsaber. Uh, it's different. That's for sure. Uh, overall, though, they teased the shit out of us, and that's exactly what they were trying to do. So I can't complain. Nice. Ryan? So for for me, it was okay. I, I actually stayed up until, I think, almost 2 in the morning on Thanksgiving because they said it was going to drop Friday morning, but I didn't know what Friday morning meant. Yeah. That so meant 9.15. Like, stay up and see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I kind of, I just kept trying to like check and check, and then I finally went to bed and I woke up and it still hadn't dropped yet. So I was like, okay, good. And uh, I watched it, and then I watched it again, and then I watched it again, and I think I watched it by at least fifteen times that day. Um, I was, as you can imagine, ecstatic about it. I love every part of the trailer. I know there was a lot of people complaining about the droid. There was people complaining about the lightsaber. Yeah. Um, there was just a lot of people, you know, people like to bitch and gripe and everything. Did you, did you know that the, the lightsaber was trending more on Twitter than the actual trailer itself? That's hilarious. I'm not kidding you. And like our emails that we get about star Wars, the force awakens, I'd say that I'm going to tell you, like, I'd say that 90% of the emails that we receive on this are all related to that fucking lightsaber. (laughs) Wow. Well, and here's the thing that drives me crazy about it is people are like, well, it's not practical. It's not practical. That's what I kept seeing that day. And I'm like, you know what? You're not that Jedi. You're not that Sith Lord. You don't know what's practical for that character. Well, that and the the, the Colbert with... Colbert yes. was explaining the, the cross card thing was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, the Colbert spot was hilarious. Yes. So, yeah, I think I'm the only one that didn't watch that Colbert thing. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that? I haven't seen it. No, it's worth, it's worth clicking on. I'll check it out. Um, Go to Star Joe's on Facebook and you'll find it there. Right on. I will do that. <laughs> All right. Wow. The podcast drop. <laughs> I have. You know what? I have no problem with that. I mean. Oh, yeah. Go for plug it. Plug away. Plug away your podcast while you're here. I have no problem with that at all. So um, the names, some new news that came out this past week was the names of a few Star Wars The Force Awakens characters were revealed this past week in a really cool way. They were released uh, online as almost like Topps trading cards. Yeah, yeah. With little descriptions. And um, they had the correct colored borders for what they were in relation to yeah, and everything. Just missing the stale gum. Mm-hmm. Everything short of, you know, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I'm sure that you guys got to see these as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I collect is uh is, is the Star Wars a lot of the Star Wars cards. So as I, I shot a message to Ryan, going, "Dude, this is fucking brilliant." <laughs> so I mean, talk about just—it's just such a brilliant way to, to 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 old school it with uh, with the design of the cards, which they've had a couple of card sets in the last couple of years that have had those kind of old school design on them. Mm-hmm. But to to just make the cards based on the trailer was badass. Yeah, that that was great. Was that like a was that an exclusive to um, Entertainment Weekly? Entertainment Weekly, okay, yeah. Oh, really? So that didn't drop on StarWars.com? No, that was an no, Entertainment I Weekly think exclusive. Cards that are being sold with the magazine. Oh no, shit! Yeah, yeah. Why didn't I pick that fucking? Hey, is anybody here reading? It may not be out yet. 
is anybody here reading like the the Star Wars magazine that comes out? I was thinking about getting a digital subscription. I looked into it, but it's ungodly expensive. It is expensive. Uh, Ryan, are yeah. you reading it? Eric, are you reading it? No, I'm not. Because no, I was, I'll usually I'll usually pick up an issue here and there when I see it at the at a bookstore or something like that. If it's something that attracts my attention, and the problem is most of the information you find in there, not all of it, but most of the information you find in there, I can find online through other sources. Yeah. So. Yeah, the only thing that kind of attracted me to doing it is because they were going to have like the like comic strips where it was canon. Mm. Yeah, was uh, they were doing something with B wings, I think, uh, Dagger Squadron, I think. Uh, they were doing like comics based around those and the and the uh, whatever the hell them Insider is that the magazine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Insider, yeah. So these cards that we got, um, we've got uh, a total of five cards. Um, the first one, uh, well, I'll just go down the list here. We had the BB-8 on the move. So we got the names of these characters. BB-8 is the character of that ball droid that we saw in the Star Wars trailer. So now, uh, basketball eight or a bowling ball eight on the move. (laughs) I bait. It looks like bait to me. But bait. No, no, just like if you just, like they just shorten it to R2 or, or 3PO, you know, think of it, you just go B and A, bait, or are they using it for bait for something? Oh, thank God that this droid cannot be a Jedi Master, otherwise it'd be Master Bait. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we also don't know the size of the droid. Like, the droid seems like he's kind of small, but we haven't really seen him in relation next to somebody else. There was there was concept art. There was concept right. art, um, and they had the droid standing next to um, Daisy Ridley's character, and um, you got to see kind of like the size relation in that concept art. Yeah. Okay, I missed that one. About how big is he? Uh, he comes up, I'd say he comes up, uh, he, he comes up maybe to like the middle of her thigh. Okay. So, somewhere around there. Mark Hamill's, oh sorry guys. What, what did you say, Eric? I think the droid is actually a she. Oh, really? There, there, there was some uh, speculation. Somebody made a comment about uh, basically the personality. She helps Daisy Ridley character. Daisy's oh, Jesus Christ, Daisy Ridley's character. So right. the fact that they said she makes if it's got kind of a female personality, that would be interesting. Did you guys that know that this BB-8 was actually? concept drawing from the original Star Wars from Ralph McQuarrie. Oh, I did not know that. This character was actually supposed to be R2-D2, but trying to get that character on screen back then, Mm -hmm. very, very hard to do. So that's where they came up with R2-D2. And that's why this droid, it works for me, because it it does look like Ralph McQuarrie art. You know, this this is a classic droid, in my opinion. Yeah, it works for me, too. Uh, Mark Hamill's been doing a lot of interviews this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about that interview. And uh, he actually talks about um, seeing this droid in person and everything. Yeah. And it's a fully working thing. It's not just complete CG. He said it was pretty amazing to see this thing flying around set. Yeah, um, Mark Hamill, in a recent interview with Yahoo Movies, he uh, said, they never cease to amaze me with what they're able to come up with. You know, I said, how are you going, how are you going to top R2-D2, the most adorable droid in movie history? And then they have this new one, Hamill said. I can't even tell you his name, but you saw it in the trailer. And when they were demonstrating how they did this thing live on set, because it's not CGI, that's a live prop, I was just amazed. They let me play around with it. I was running it all around at the creature shop in Pinewood. I'm telling you, 
it's an absolute delight. And not having thought that I'd ever go back there, to go back into that world is just, I get the chills. It's just so much fun. So amazing that this is actual a live prop. Yeah, that's exactly that's awesome. like the quotes I was talking about. Yeah, it, that's wild. I would have thought Does it was really CG. made the assumption that thing's going to have like legs that can fall out of it so it can walk? I, I feel like it will have multiple like different looks and like ways to hold itself. Yeah, I've heard rumors that it could transform from yeah. people. Yeah. I've heard the same then, kind of rumors. And I've tried to figure out how the, that head is attached to the ball. I assume magnets or something. I'm hoping they figure out some way to make a remote control version of it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We we talked about this last week, how we like... Oh, I'm, I'm sure there are the toy. builders who are already working on it. Yeah. Yeah, how can they do this toy? <laughs> Not just the toy, I mean, like, actual... I don't know if you guys know what the R2 builders are, but they actually build life-size R2 units and asteroids and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure that there are people already working on how to make this thing. <laughs> yeah, it probably really spooked him to see this trailer for the first time. We'll see a YouTube video of somebody that makes their own BB-8. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, let's see here. The next one, we saw uh, Poe Dameron in his X-Wing. So, Oscar Isaac playing Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. So now we got a name to go along with that. Pretty awesome. Yeah, Poe. And don't forget to pull to inflate. <laughs> Kylo, <laughs> Kylo Ren ignites his lightsaber. So that's the character of the, uh, looks like uh, the Sith Lord in this movie, possibly. Yeah, that's an interesting right. name. Or the Sith Apprentice without a, without a master. Yeah. Here's the thing I find interesting thing with it too is Kylo Ren might not be the character's original name because remember they take on a new name when they become a Sith. So ah. this could be the name of another character that we will see earlier in the movie or somewhere else. So. Do, you, do you think it's Adam Driver? I mean, we've seen you know pictures back in like September, October of Adam Driver on set dressed as you know a, a, a rebel pilot. Do you think that that this is Adam Driver? Um, I've heard mixed things, and I know, Jake, you made a comment saying you don't think it's uh, Mark Hamill or Luke Skywalker at all, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of see your argument for that, but at the same time, I've also heard, like, he potentially is the bad guy in the first movie, at least, so there's a chance to me that Kylo Ren is Luke Skywalker. I don't know. How much of a curveball would it be if that's uh, Nipita Luongo or whatever her name is? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said that one episode. Like we're all, you know, speculating that this is a he. What if it's a she? Right. So, but you know, I've heard, I've heard rumors that Lupita Nyong'o's not evil in this either. That she's a good character. Yeah, I've heard the same rumors actually. Yeah, like I've heard like, oh, she might be working with uh, Gwendolyn Christie's. The Gwendolyn Christie being one of these Chrome Storm Stormtroopers that can you know, go invisible and blah, 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 that she's working with them as an inquisitor. Um, I don't know what to believe, so. Yeah. Or what if this character is, uh, you know, just throwing crazy theories out there. What if this character is Poe Dameron uh, in, in his Sith disguise? So now we actually have two cards that are actually the same character. Mm-hmm. See, I've heard that Poe Dameron is going to be the character that eventually takes Han Solo, that he takes the Millennium Falcon, that he's going to, gotcha. he eventually takes over the Millennium Falcon, um, which leads me to believe that, you know, uh, more credence to the rumor that Harrison Ford will die in this film. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 
who knows what to believe. It could be, it could be Adam Driver taking over it. If he, if he's, if he's Harrison Ford's son, he could be the one taking over this. And you could be right. It could be Poe Dameron. It could be all misdirection from, from, you know, the production company. You know, yeah. trying to make us believe one thing and they, you know, they zig when we thought they were going to zag or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely meant to cause you to ask such questions in the first place. I mean, they know, they know what people think. So, you know. Yeah. And I think anyone who is a, a Star Wars fan has followed over the years knows. I think we all agree that it's highly likely that Han Solo will die in this very first movie. Because, hell, Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die in Empire. He wanted him to die in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. He's I finally going to get his wish, it seems. Yeah. 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 And I think that's part of what uh, made him come back. I'm sure it's a big check also, but <laughs> but I'm sure part of the agreement was, okay, I'll come back, but Han Solo has to die in this very first movie. Yeah. Yeah. He'll get that closure. He won't have to answer questions about what happened to Han Solo anymore. Right. Like, it's a big weight off his, his chest a bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely won't be seeing any, uh, Force ghosts for Han in the future films. Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't see how we could. Um, we get the next card was Ray on her speeder. So her name is not Kira. Her name is Ray. Can we keep calling her Kira anyway? I'm so, <laughs> I, I'm so used. I to know. It. Me too. I'm so used to calling her Kira. But well, it, we only have one name. Could it be Kira Ray or Ray Kira? <laughs> like Shakira. <laughs> or they could just combine them. It could be Cray Cray. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, boo. I know, I'm just being... I try to make a little joke, guys, sorry. <laughs> sometimes well, they hit, sometimes they miss. Mostly misses. I'm like a living game of Battleship here. The, the first thing I thought of when I saw her for the first time was how facially she looks so similar to Allie Portman. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, she does. Um, it, it's kind of bizarre. She's really done nothing other than short films before this. And yeah. she hasn't done a movie in years. It's like she's been out of Hollywood for a long time. And I like this. I like I like that they cast like John Boyega and Adam mm-hmm. Driver yeah. and the Stacey Ridley because they're harkening back to like the original cast of Unknowns. I totally agree with you on that. I, that's exactly how I fought with it. And you can tell, I mean, I know it's short clips, but it really seems like she carries herself well. And all the characters carry themselves well uh, as far as their just that little bit you can pick up so much and you can only do that in my opinion if you're a really decent actor or actress so i am ecstatic that they picked some relatively unknown people for these roles because you know they didn't pick them just haphazardly they picked them because they really auditioned them out and everything yeah i agree yeah i fully agree we got a card of uh finn on the run and that's john boyega's character Mm -hmm. so yeah that tells us something Finn is on the run, and um, who is he on the run from? More than likely stormtroopers, and and maybe he feels that uh, Harrison Ford and Chewie are after him as well. We we don't know. This is the name I like the least for some reason. Oh, is I like it, it a lot. It's Finn. I don't know. It's, I think it's the Adventure Time thing and having that in my head from that. <laughs> okay. Could be. That, that's really the, I don't know. It's my, it's, it's it's not uh, Ian Ziering's character in Sharknado. <laughs> is that what his name is? His too? name's Finn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, out of all the names, this is the only one that I mean. I'm I'm sure I could warm up to it, but so far it's the one that I'm having the biggest problem with. And see, I would say for me, it's my second favorite one. Uh, my favorite one is just the BB-8. I think that's a good Star Wars name for a droid. Yeah, BB-8's um, my favorite too. 
Yeah, but then Finn is my next favorite. And I really like the fact that they only gave us the name of Finn right now because, uh, Brian, I loved your theory about it, this character tying back to the Rebels cartoon. Yes. yes. That didn't even cross my mind, but I was like, is there a reason they only gave us one name for Finn so far? Right, right. Could what, What's that character's name in the Star Wars Rebels? His last name is Leonis, I believe. Leonis, yeah. Yeah, I mean, could could this be Finn Leonis? Yeah. And same same thing goes for Ray. You know, us only getting yeah. the one name. I mean, I think uh, Ray Solo has a nice ring to it. Yeah, because when you look at it, they give us Poe Dameron and they give us Kylo Ren. They give us both names for those characters, but they only give us one name for the for Boyega and Ridley. But like you said, Kylo Ren could be the Sith name, right? Yeah, it could be uh, Kylo Solo. No, <laughs> no, it would not be that. That sounds horrible. Uh, now that I say it out loud, but um, you know, it could be he could be a solo. That could be uh, Leia and Han's daughter. Mm. Yeah, she so. could be a solo. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Finn. I was like, I'm talking about transgender May- characters. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what can happen in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. You yeah. never do know. I, th- I think it would be better if she was a Skywalker, not a solo. I'm, I, I'm total agreement. Total agreement. Yeah, 100%. Because it would make more sense if if all the rumors about Luke, you know, having been in exile or prison or whatever, that's why she's on her own. Because it wouldn't make sense for Han and Leia to basically abandon their kid. You know. Yeah. So I'm in. I'm in 100% agreement. Yeah. Maybe Han and Leia had a messy divorce. That's possible too. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about their relationship <laughs> a little bit later. This uh, is. I'm 99 percent sure that this is not gonna be the case. But how much would it blow your mind if Kylo Ren ended up being John Boyega's character? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I can see why you're 99 percent sure that's not the case. But yeah, that would blow my fucking mind. You know, honestly, though, I lean towards that more than I lean towards it being Poe. Yeah. I really do. I still think it's Adam Driver. I, I think so, too. Better chance of that. I, I, I'm in agreement with that. I do think it's Adam Driver, but there's all these other theories. I'm like, what if it's this? What if it's that? That's just how my brain works. I well, try to think of like every possible scenario and how cool would that be. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think from all the rumors out there, they have looked at every possible scenario. Um, yeah. I just think in that trailer, I mean, we saw the main characters. Um, you know, we saw Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac. We saw John Boyega as uh, Finn. Uh, we saw... Daisy Ridley as Ray. The one that we didn't see was Adam Driver, and uh, you know, and I think we did see him. I I think he's Kylo Ren. Now, did you guys get a chance to go to? I think it was Star Wars Underworld and see the picture that was released in October of uh, the character with uh, the hood that that was the Sith Lord, and they showed him with the trisaber, and they showed the mask that looked like uh, Revan. Did you yes. guys did you guys see that picture? I remember hearing about it. Okay. I remember this picture. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I remember it. I think we've seen the mask already. Um guys, do you think there's going to be any connection to Revan at all? No. No. Okay. You just think this is them pulling things that they want to pull. Yeah, just like BB-8 is from classic Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. This is just, you know, just from whatever aspect they want to pull yeah. to use artistic yeah, license I, on stuff. I agree with Jake on that. I think what they did is they said, hey, this is a look that fans really liked, right. and that character doesn't exist in our continuity anymore, so let's pull that look for this character. Okay. There's been plenty of Sith Lords with masks over the years in the EU, so I don't think it's that hard to stretch. 
All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, Andy Serkis. Uh, Star Wars Underworld is claiming that they know who Andy Serkis is playing in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Here's what they had to say about Serkis and his character. Number one, Andy Serkis' character basically looks like an old man, zombie-like, almost risen from the dead. Number two, he is being referred to as Uber, similarly similarly to how Ridley is being called Kira, which has been debunked now. She's Ray, and Nyong'o is being called Rose. Uber has communication with Adam Driver's Sith character. That's interesting. Mm, he's like the salacious crumb to uh, mm-hmm. Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, and a character played by Domino Gleason. Circus potentially is the master pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Uh, they go on to say all three characters are part of the new empire, which Gwendolyn Christie's character is also a part of. She is confirmed to be playing a chrome trooper. Awesome. So is Circus kind of like the anti Yoda? Like, like the, <laughs> it's like he's the mentor of this new Sith generation, a new empire and everything. Yeah, it's kind of weird, man. I, 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 dude, I was thinking like, uh, you know, I was thinking that this, the, the, the Force Awakens had to deal with like this new Sith character coming into the universe and being a lone Sith. Like, that's why the that's why the lightsaber looks so fucked up that he made this thing. Like he is a Sith apprentice without a master. Yeah. So this rumor, I don't know. I it, I don't know. Yeah, it's like well, a trifecta. I I sent, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I know I sent you an email, uh, Brian. Yes. that Basically said took your guys' theory of that lightsaber where you guys were saying it was crackling and everything else. Right. And saying maybe it's because it's a novice putting together this lightsaber, but my thought was maybe it's someone that's experienced and is trying to draw as much power out of the lightsaber as possible, making it the most powerful lightsaber, and that's why it's crackling and everything else because it's a little unstable. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard. I don't know which theory I subscribe to the most. Um, I've also heard the theory that it's an old lightsaber, mm. right? So. I don't know which one I subscribe to the most when it comes to this. Yeah, it's definitely a big mystery. I like the overpowered theory. That's interesting. Yeah, I prefer the uh, the old being <clears throat> sorry being in a an older ancient saber that maybe they went back and raided like a tomb on Corbon or something. Yeah, but hmm. that's just my opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. That that harkens back to the old ancient fear title. That we were hearing for this movie. Well, not so much that. Just if it's like the galaxy is different, and they've gone in the direction where there's multiple force users on the dark side, as it were. It would make sense to, if somebody wants to control that group, to have a strong link to the past. And if you go back into their ancient history and connect yourself that way, it may just it may be an easier way for them to control things. Do you, okay, you know, like, do you think that maybe, like, the Sith making their own, making their own lightsabers, they used a different crystal or a different, uh, they, they use a different crystal or, or, or element to make this lightsaber so that it is overpowered? Hmm. Well, there was always the rumors about, I guess, I think the Sith generally use synthetic crystals because that, yes. they have access to, 
So if it's a synthetic one and somebody's figured out a better, I don't know, chemical compound or something. Do you think that they'll introduce, like, cortosis into this? Uh, I don't know. Cortosis, I, you know, basically the, the, there's certain things that that they've introduced that lightsabers can't uh, penetrate because pretty mm-hmm. much they've been able to penetrate, penetrate anything. And then, you know, cortosis is something that they, they've always had a hard time with. Hmm. What's that, what is that from Dark Horse stuff? What's that from? Cortosis. I'm trying to think. I don't think it's in anything canon, is it? Is it? It's all no. EU? Yeah. It's all EU stuff. Yeah. And my thinking is, I don't think that they're going to necessarily explain stuff. Maybe you'll hear about stuff like that after the movie in people explaining things a little bit more then. But I think during the movie, I don't think they're going to introduce something like cortosis or like something like that. Because I think they want to stay away from the mistake they made in the prequels, or at least my opinion, the mistake they made in the prequels, which is trying to explain the source of everything. You know, the midichlorians, this is what, where there's a connection to the Force. I think explaining too much of why things happen in Star Wars and everything else is the thing that got them in trouble. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it is a good point. Well, the piggyback on that, I was about to think that maybe that, like everything else, we're overthinking, and they did that just because they thought it looks cool. And they haven't, they haven't thought it out yet. Yeah, that, that's a good point too. Um, and, like, if they do explain it, I don't think it's going to be in the movies. It will be in, it'll be in a book or a comic or something. It's you know, they'll use the EU for something like that versus time wasted in a movie yeah, to explain it. It could just be on the back of the action figure card. Yeah, for you know why it crackles like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, so many questions. I, I, I'm kind of curious as to why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jedi News is saying that their sources are informing them that Circus plays two roles in the film. Here's what they say. One of those roles is, as expected, motion capture based. And in that role, he will be part of a group of unbelievably athletic and acrobatic motion capture characters. Also bringing those characters to life is parkour Expect Pip Am- expect Pip Anderson and whom I, the source, believe to be Crystal Clark. The hmm. second role for Circus sees him take on a pivotal role in the first act story arc that entwines with Daisy Ridley's backstory. And that role may have more to it than it seems in the first instance. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I th- forgot about the parkour thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a rumor from a while back. Yeah. Yeah. And so that second role, role will not be a mocap role. He'll be Andy Circus in that role. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. The first one, it's going to be that uh, motion capture based, uh, the parkour role. Second role is going to be more of a physical role. So, um, is what I'm taking from that. Um, and then that that character, you know, like th- th- this totally uh, contradicts uh, the earlier report from Star Wars Underworld that's saying that. His character is going to have a lot of communication with Adam Driver's Sith character and then Domino Gleason. This one's saying that he's going to have more of a – well, this one's saying he's got a first act story that entwines with Daisy Ridley. So is that – a lot going on. <laughs> it's making my fucking brain hurt. <laughs> Lots of speculation. No, no shit. Have you guys heard any of the? Uh, we're going to talk about the Max von Sydow rumors. Have you heard any of that? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That, there was a whole Reddit we're going to talk about. Holy yeah. fuck, that's pretty intense. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Um, Can we talk about something more simple, like I don't know, pizza or something like that? <laughs> yeah. What What do you like on your tombstone? 
<laughs> I forgot. I remember those commercials. I miss those commercials. <laughs> yeah, what kind of Star Wars pizza place tie-ins are we going to have for Episode Seven? Right? I want yeah, no a, kidding. I want a pizza shaped like the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, there you, there go. you go. Yeah, and I want a I want a mushroom uh, satellite dish on it. There <laughs> so needs to be a, like some sort of Death Star pizza that you know your taste buds can't repel flavor of that magnitude or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a moon; it's a pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm ripping that off from Admiral Ackbar's cereal or whatever from uh, yes. Robot Chicken. I can oh. promise you. I can promise you one thing: the Jar Jar Binks pizza is still going to be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have anchovies. anchovies exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Misa thinks this pizza sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Star Wars fanspedia had some rumors about Star Wars: The Force Awakens and the current state of Han and Leia's relationship. This is what they put on their site. Yesterday, we revealed that Oscar Isaac's character in Star Wars The Force Awakens is an X-Wing pilot captured by the Empire after attempting to stop Imperial forces from launching a devastating attack on a desert village. Um, while in the Imperial brig, he meets John Boyega's character, a stormtrooper who objects to what the Empire is doing and disobeys orders. The two launch a daring escape and encounter Daisy Ridley's character. But what happens next? We can exclusively report Daisy's character, who we'll just call Daisy to make things easier, helps her new friends secure safe passage off of the planet. She knows someone who can do that, someone who can help them avoid any imperial entanglements. (laughs) An old space pirate named Han Solo. When they meet up with Han, Daisy shows him the lightsaber, which he recognizes as the lightsaber of Luke Skywalker. A lightsaber, uh, presumably an old friend, he hasn't seen in many years. Han is concerned about what this means for his old buddy and takes the trio to the Rebel Alliance leader, Princess Leia Organa, and a couple of familiar droids. It's not exactly a happy reunion. Nonetheless, Leia sends the group safely on their way, and they set out to return the lightsaber to Luke and find out what happened to him. Um, So... Sounds like uh, Han and Leia aren't uh, living happily ever after no, in, a they, galaxy, in, a far, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, they did get the divorce. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, Or they never got married. Yeah. And that'll make for better screen time for the two of them. I mean, because the best Han and Leia is Han and Leia fighting with each other and bickering yeah. with each other. Sounds like Han hit it and quit it, right? Yeah, it does sound like that. <laughs> well, and what would be really interesting, too, is if they had them starting to make amends at some point, and then that's when Han Solo gets killed. It's like they never get to fully make amends with each other. Yeah. Because then that trauma would carry over into the next movie. Yeah, yeah, you can see uh, Leia being a big part of that story in uh, Episode Eight. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh? You know, all the this whole rumor kind of lines up with like everything that we've been hearing. I mean, and and more. I mean, I think this is part of the story. I, I really do. I, I think there's a lot in this story that I believe. I mean, you the the, and I like it. I like the direction. Oscar Isaac. Uh, is uh, an X-Wing pilot. We know that for a fact. And he's attempting to stop Imperial forces from launching a devastating attack on a desert village. Now, we see the X-Wings all lined up there in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Imperial forces, you know, in that uh, ship. And we've heard that they are getting ready to torch that village on Tatooine. So this all kind of lines up. 
I agree. It's and a, then John Boyega's character's on the run. He gets captured. They get, this is how these characters meet. Th- it all makes sense, right, Jake? Yeah, it, it's about how it all lines up in my head from all the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. So get the trio together real quick within a half an hour and then get them on a mission. Yeah. I like it. Here's the thing I like about it, too, is I like the idea that they're getting back. All these things that I'm hearing makes me believe that they're getting back to what I liked about the original trilogy, which is the story of the characters. Whereas, and again, I like the prequels. I enjoy them, but I feel like there were certain, I think they were focused more on the special effects and the world that they could create than they were about the story and the interaction between the characters. So... Going into these movies, it seems like they're focusing a lot more on the the story of these characters and how they interact with each other. Plus, the prequels, you they were kind of handcuffed as to what they could do with the characters because you knew what the ultimate outcome was going to be. You know, you didn't necessarily know how they were going to die. You know, all the Jedi were going to die, but you knew they were going to. I think they were handcuffed by Lucas. Oh my God, just showing off technology. Yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, you know what Obi-Wan's fate is. You know what Yoda's fate is. You know what Anakin's fate is. So it's kind of like you it's you have to lead them to where you know they're going to be by the end of it. And so the element of surprise is kind of taken away. Yeah. Yeah, but how mind-blowing would it have been if Obi-Wan was ended up being killed in the prequels and then someone else picked up the name of Obi-Wan? That would have just blown your mind. Yeah, that would have blown that would have blown my mind. <laughs> Yeah, but just just the similarities from Ewan McGregor to Sir Alec Guinness. Sure, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it, if if they got if they cast somebody that was like that was nothing like Sir Alec Guinness, then maybe people might have been speculating that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that would have been odd. Then it would have been like the retro history that Alec McGuinness's Obi Wan kind of like picked up the mannerisms, yeah. and pretended to be that character, right? Or Obi-Wan had a twin brother. <laughs> That's like um, how Prince Charming works on Once Upon a Time, if you watch that. Yes. I love that show. This, yeah. sounds like, uh, this sounds like a soap opera, As the Death Star Turns or something. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your Obi-Wan twist definitely reminds me of the Prince Charming twist of Once. Yes. All right, guys, did you hear about this, uh, the Reddit uh, user, Cesspool4chan, mm. that claims he's found out the plot for Episode 7? Uh, he's got a source that he refers to as Spoiler Man, <laughs> and Spoiler Man claims to work for Lucasfilm. And he posted all this info over uh, four parts on Reddit over a few days. Did you guys hear about this or read any of this? Yeah, I have heard about this. Spoiler Man, by the way, the biggest dick superhero of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so. I had not heard about this. No. You guys have not heard about this? No. Oh, shit. Well, um, this could be full of spoilers then. <laughs> yeah. Are you, guys, are you guys opposed? No. All right. No. Good, good deal. All right. On Reddit, he posted, The film is dystopian and darker than Empire. Some 30, 40 years have passed since Return of the Jedi. And the Empire and New Republic have been locked in a war of attrition. Everyone is languishing and sick of the war. The script, which is described as too good for J.J. Abrams, begins in space above a desert planet, presumably Tatooine. The opening crawl details the ongoing turmoil in the galaxy, how the fall of the Emperor left a void of power, and how the heroes of Endor went into seclusion or kept fighting. The current state of the war is described as being similar to the European theater of 1944, with the Empire being Germany and the Republic being the Allies. 
the Republic has finally taken the upper hand. Um, let's see here. Let me get to some of the good shit. Yeah, get to the juicy stuff. See, here's the thing. None of that sounds even remotely, like, surprising. It's kind of like, well, duh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's some stuff in here that is uh, that 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 is that is weird. He says that spoiler man says that Gwendolyn Christie portrays an inquisitor. Hmm. Okay. Inquisitors are a group of lightsaber wielding individuals that may or may not be force sensitive and head up the Imperial remnant. Inquisitors aren't Sith, but they aren't Jedi either. They are hounds used to track down force sensitives, and they are implied to have assisted Vader's cleansing. Um. That seems weird. I just thought she was Inquisitor a... from Rebels. What's that? Otherwise known as the Inquisitor from Rebels. Yeah. What do you think about the Inquisitor from Rebels? Are you liking that character? Yeah, I'm fine. It, it makes complete and total sense, honestly, because Vader couldn't possibly, in a galaxy of a, a thousand thousand planets or whatever, there's no way he could have possibly done all of it himself. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I know what you're about to say, though, Brian, that we've been here all along that Gwendolyn Christie was going to be one of these stormtroopers. Exactly, the, the chrome stormtrooper. Yeah. And I've heard that she's worked with Inquisitors, that she's not an Inquisitor herself. Hmm, so maybe that is the spoiler, man, spoiler, that, that it's a reveal that she is an Inquisitor. Right. Yeah. Now, let's see here. Uh, yeah, spoiler man says, Daisy plays Kira. See? It's bullshit. Bullshit! She plays Ray, <laughs> and she, a character just cracked this whole thing wide. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to read the rest of this bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck this spoiler, man. We spoiled your fucking you know five minutes of fame. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and four chan going going off it again. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a thing with the internet, man. It's crazy. It's just like any Star Wars rumor can be thrown up on a on a website now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Kira thing, you may not need to throw it out just because of the Kira thing. That could still have been the fake name used before they revealed, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be more validity if for this guy that works for Lewis, uh, Lucasfilm if he was like, Daisy plays Ray. It's not like if if you work for Lucasfilm, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you were on the set or anything, uh, they would have tossed her name around a few times. Yeah, you'd think that would be true. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but they say that uh, she plays a character. She lives on Tatooine with Max von Sydow's character, which we know nothing about his character in this movie. No. Nothing at all. Other than I'm sure he'll have a cool voice. Because he always oh, yeah. does. Yeah. Kira is a dusty survivalist tomboy. Sidow is a broken man from the prequel era, uh, era that has become mostly cyborg. He is not Force-sensitive and for some reason collects artifacts that we've seen at critical points during the previous films, particularly ones relating to the Jedi and the Sith. Daisy shares his fascination with history, and she is revealed in Act 2 to be the daughter of Han and Leia. As someone with Force-sensitivity, she resents the fact that Luke went into exile before he could train her, and she hopes that the search for Force-sensitive artifacts could lead her to him. She keeps her identity as a solo under wraps in order to keep trouble away. Hmm. That's interesting stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm still calling bullshit on all this. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy stuff to just say. Yeah. It's kind of like... um. You know, like what you were saying earlier, it's, you know, all the obvious stuff. It's like, well, duh. 
The yeah. thing I'm excited about the most when it deals with uh, with Ray or Kira or Kira Ray mm-hmm. is uh, the fact that she lives inside a down Adat Walker. Like I can't wait to see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that'll just look amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, concept art for that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I want that as a Lego set. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh man, the Lego sets for episode seven. It's going to be astronomical. Oh god, yeah. See, the thing is, with like all these rumors, it's just like they're taking like everything that we kind of already know from like the production, and they're just kind of putting a story to it. Like this is just fan fiction of everything that we know. It's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's nothing like crazy out of the box. Like I've heard the rumor that Max von Sydow's character is Boba Fett. Yes, that's the crazy stuff that I was talking about that people are pushing around. Spoiler Man yeah. says that that's not true. Yeah, Boba Fett's dead. <laughs> he is now again, I guess, now that the uh, Dark Until Empire is gone. Until contradicts him getting into that Sarlacc pit, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, no more Dark Empire means no no more Boba Fett, huh? Damn. <laughs> or Tales from Jabba's Palace. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great book. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that book. Uh, let's see here. Uh, when I, I'm going to move on. I'm not going to read everything from this fucking thing, because I think most of it's bullshit. When asked whether Han dies, Spoiler Man replied that he will not spoil the third act. This in and of itself does not reveal anything, but rather comes off as Spoiler Man being audacious. Because answering the question is such a way, in such a way would spoil the third act if it were true. Yeah, what a shitty Spoiler Man. He won't spoil the third act. <laughs> right. Live up to your name. <laughs> the third act is his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Luke has exiled himself because of the ongoing war. With the galaxy in chaos, he had to ensure his safety so that a new generation could be trained. At least, that's his contention. The fact that he continues to exclude himself despite his great power indicates ulterior motive. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that sounds like all like by-the-number stuff, too. This is bizarre. Now, this is different. Lupita Nyong'o is Luke's current apprentice and Boyega's eventual love interest. Wow. I could see that happening. So Luke is trading someone. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And maybe Ray would have resentment towards him that it's not her. Yeah. I still feel that the resentment would be better if she was Luke's kid and not the Solo's kid. Mm. I like that. Luke speaks to Yoda's force ghost in the film. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> the question is, will it be... Uh, What's his nuts? Frank Oz? Frank Bear. Yeah, thank you. What's his nuts? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember Frank Oz's name. How do I, how do I address him? What's his nuts? <laughs> What's his nuts? Grover. <laughs> Super Grover. Yeah, Grover and, you know. Now, or will it be, uh, was it, is it Tom, Tom uh, damn it, who's the guy who does the voice? Tom Kane? Is that the one who does the voice in the, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, in Clone Wars? Yep. Yeah. I, I bet they'll try to get Frank Oz. Sure. Here's the real question. You're going to have the Force Ghost, but they could still do it as a, a puppet and then just record it and put it out there. Puppet. Or will they do a total CG? Puppet. 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 With J.J. Abrams doing this, I'm saying puppet. Yeah. I'm saying puppet. Yeah. That'll be awesome. I hope that's true. I hope Spoiler Could Man's on the way there. getting to be on a set with a Yoda puppet? I mean... 
how nerdgasm would that be, you know? Well, for Mark Hamill, I mean, he's done it before. Well, I just, anybody. I mean, to, to be on a set that has a freaking Yoda puppet there and you know that there's somebody manipulating it would just be like, Especially <laughs> if it was Frank Oz. Yeah, and the Yoda, Yoda is my favorite Star Wars character out of all the Star Wars characters. And I got to go to, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, there was where they, they did a tour of the Star Wars music and Anthony Daniels toured around with it and he did the narration and everything else. It was like an orchestra. Star Wars in concert. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So I got to go see that and they, around the arena, they had all these, uh, you know, props and everything else from the movies. And one of them was the Yoda puppet. And I stood there for, I don't know how long, just staring at it. Mm. When well, the, uh, the mid nineties, they had the star Wars, the, the myth and magic, uh, exhibit at the air and space museum in DC. Yeah. Um, I really wish they would do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I bet these movies will bring that kind of thing back possibly like seeing oh, so. like those kind of exhibits and things. I mean, they did that kind of stuff for like Harry Potter when the movies were in their boom and now star Wars coming back. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited for the museum in Chicago. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, talk about San Francisco. Fuck that one over good. Didn't they? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm glad it's in Chicago though. Cause oh, yeah. we're like three hours away. No, I would I would prefer San Francisco. I could go visit my brother. So I'm I'm with you guys on the Chicago because it's closer for me. So yeah, are you in Ohio? I'm in Ohio. Yeah, yeah I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. And Rob Robert actually lives in Springfield, Illinois. So I could actually go visit him, and then we could both go to Chicago and go to the museum. So shit, that's awesome. Like we're like 45 minutes away from Springfield. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. See, you guys should come to uh, JoeCon in 2015 because it's going to be in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, we'll be there. Yeah, wow. Is it like $400 for a ticket, though, for that crap? No, no. That's if you want the uh, collector pack. The actual ticket to the show is, like, I think, like 20 bucks or something. Oh, I, I'm derailing this here. But the, like, <laughs> I thought that with the JoeCon's tickets, it was that was the minimum price because whether you wanted the figures or not was tough shit. You were getting the figures. No, no. If you don't want the figures, you don't have to do that whole package thing. You could just buy the ticket to the show. Which, apparently, is Tiger Force this year. Yes. Or next year. Yeah. So... I'll send you guys the details and uh, so of when it is and everything else because Robert's actually planning on having a cookout at his house. So if it wasn't the weekend before Celebration Anaheim, man. Yeah. What's the date on that for JoeCon? JoeCon is in April. Okay. I want to say the end of April. Oh, it's the beginning of April. Beginning of April? We'll because Celebration Anaheim's in the middle of April and it's the weekend before Anaheim. Okay. I'm going to dress up like Shipwreck. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, I probably won't. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, it is April 9th through the 12th. Okay. So it's that weekend. C2E2 is that month, too, isn't it? C2E2 uh, is in April, isn't it? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. But I believe it's the week after or something like that. Okay. God, we're not even doing a podcast at this point. We're just like, we're making yeah. a we're making a play date. Plans on how to meet up. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a play date with Star Joe's. You know, I don't know. I'm not even going to read the rest of that Reddit shit because I think it's all bullshit. Yeah, fuck spoiler man. Well, there was nothing in there that was spoiler. I mean, it was except for maybe the the Luke having the apprentice thing. Yeah, the Yo- the Yoda Force Ghost. 
Yeah, I just think yeah, it's I, not surprising. I, I just think yeah, exactly. It's not surprising. And like he goes on to say something like about uh Luke there's a huge reveal about Luke in the movie that'll happen that'll happen later on. It's like okay But wow. I'm not gonna spoil I'm it. I'm gonna spoil it, they, even though I'm called <laughs> spoiler man. Very considerate spoiler man. I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not sold on this. Yeah. C2E2 is April 24th through 26th, by the way. Okay. So that's the weekend after Celebration Anaheim. Yes. Wow. Anybody that lives in that area of the country, if you want to go to all three of those things, that's a busy-ass month. <laughs> yeah, I'll be broke if I go to every fucking convention I'm on. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm fighting a bit of a cold. No, I've ran out of Star Wars news, so I'm like, I'm like, what, what can we talk about? Uh, what about the announcement of the the Rebel season two uh, debuting at uh, Anaheim next year? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Is it just going to be like the first episode? Though, if they do what they did at C six with uh, Clone Wars, they'll they'll show you a trailer. They'll show you some clips. They'll have all the voice actors there talking about stuff. But I don't know if they're going to show a full episode or not. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Are you both watching Rebels? Oh I yeah, sure. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Tupperware for me. I Aren't they supposed to have some kind of Force Awakens special after Rebels coming up real soon? Uh, I don't know. Because they're in their season whatever right now, so... Nah, aren't they supposed to have some kind of, like, Force Awakens thing today? There's a Rebels kind of like a... Mini-marathon? Marathon, marathon, and I thought they were going to do some Rebels stuff, uh, Force Awakens Uh, stuff. Yeah, I thought I I heard that, too. Yeah, it's on, like, (laughs) the Star Wars Twitter page. We're just rambling. Yeah, that's okay. That's what we always do, right? Right. Or if you want to get into the Disney Parks information that came out the other day. Yeah, if you want to talk about that... I don't have any news on that, but yeah, there's been a lot of that released. Yeah, well, there was always all that talk about them doing the fifth gate, which is not going to happen. Because there's, as much as I love Star Wars, they're not going to build an entire theme park dealing with Star Wars when you have other theme parks that have need help. Let's just put it that way. But they need to. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to, but you're gonna no. You're gonna see Disney Hollywood Studio and Orlando is gonna become half Pixar Land and half Star Wars Land. Um, and then the other rumor was Tomorrowland, Disneyland's gonna become a lot more Star Wars other than just uh, uh what's the hell's a ride? Uh, Star Tours. Yeah. So oh, here's yeah. the details on the uh, Force Awakens with the Rebels. So, yeah. Uh, it's Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th. Um, Saturday the 13th, which was yesterday, <laughs> and then on Disney Channel, Disney XD, today it was from 12 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., so it's already passed. Damn. Um, I, I recorded it. have a Inside the Force Awakens, a discussion about the Force Awakens teaser. I recorded it, so hopefully I got that. You have to let us know next week what they talk about on that. Yeah, I just recorded the last. I, I figured it would be on the last, the tail end of that marathon, so I recorded the last half hour, so hopefully they get into it. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, what can they really say on that? You know, on that special, what are they going to tell us? Yeah, I don't well, know. If there's, if there's anything on there that's new or we haven't heard before, I'm sure it's going to be all over the internet here real soon. Mm-hmm. So here's oh, a question yeah. I have for you guys. Uh, actually, two kind of two questions, and this might spark some conversation. Okay. Who do you think will be the first character that we see in Episode 7? So, you know, you had 
in the very first Star Wars you had, it was C-3PO and R2-D2, as far as a named character. Right. Um, so who do you think the very first character will be? And related to R2 and 3PO, um, we know they're in the movie. Do you think we will still follow the story through their eyes like we did the original trilogy and, some, and kind of the prequels? Or do you think we will be following some other character or some other droid or something like that? Well, uh, the second question's easier. I think we will not be following it through C-3PO and R2-D2 anymore. Okay. Um, the first one, who are we going to see first? I'm still kind of brainstorming on that. Empire, the first thing we saw was the probe droid, right? Yes. Right. And Jedi was the droids going up to Jabba's palace? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think we'll see a droid first. Thing. No. In, in Jedi, we saw, wasn't it Vader we saw coming off of the Tidarian shuttle? Was it? Yeah, that's correct. We wiped to uh, Tatooine after that. Yeah. So. I, I, think, I think we're going to see BB-8 is the first thing I think we're going to see in episode 7. I think we're going to see some form of badness first. We're going to see some form of evil first. Yeah, I, I don't know. Brian, did he disappear? He's no, think, he's I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I, you guys are, are making me think about a lot of different things as we're talking. Uh, it's going to pan down to a ship, and I, and I got a feeling that the bad guys are going to have more control of the really badass ships, or we're, we're going to want to pan down to one of those. As far as like the seeing things through C-3PO and uh, R2-D2, um, I... I think they're going to be passing it on. I, I think they're going to be passing it on. It'll be more of a BB-8. But yeah. but you don't have BB-8, as far as we know, doesn't have like a little sidekick. Like, right. uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. A speaking sidekick. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, and as far as like the first character that we're going to see in this, um, shit. I, I have no idea. Best guess is John Boyega. So, I mean, they may even, John Boyega just being chased, that's my guess, being in in a dogfight in space or something. Hmm. I don't know. One of the things I always wonder about, too, is I just wonder, like, who's in charge of the Empire now? Like, who's in charge? I know you just kind of read with Circus's character might be one of the people leading the Empire, controlling the, the new Empire. Right. But that's something that really intrigues me, too, because someone has to be in charge of all these stormtroopers and stuff that we're seeing. Yeah, I, I really want to know that, too. Yeah. I would love for them to, to pull something out of the Legacy comics and possibly use that as an influence to the direction they go with the Empire. Yeah, that would be cool. So now, are you guys the type that as soon as they release a novelization of this movie, are you going to ingest that? I will see the movie first, and then I'll read the book. Okay, you'll be able to hold off. I've never read any of the novelizations. Mm. I own the Star Wars one, but it's in my parents' house, which is on the other side of the country anyway, so it doesn't help me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not someone that has to read the... In fact, I don't want to read the book beforehand because I want to see it unfold because this was meant to be a movie. Now, if a book comes out before the movie, like it was intended to be, it was a book originally and then they made a movie of it. Yes. Then a lot of times I do want to read the book first if I can and then go see the movie. But if, if it was always intended to be a movie and then they make a book and yeah, the book might, might expand upon things, but I would rather see the movie first and then read the book to get the additional information. Makes sense. I think they're going to hold off releasing a novelization that either until the day of the release they or won't. right after. 
I think they might. I don't know, man. I completely disagree. I, th- I mean, you might be right, but they've never been able to hold off before. I don't see why they'd hold off now. Because well, it was Lucas, it wasn't. That, yeah, exactly. If, if, yeah. if there's one reason why they would, it's because it, it was Lucas. Yeah, he did a real piss poor job with the prequels with that kind of stuff. Like, I, I remember with episode episode the one. Death of Qui-Gon? Yeah, it was exactly what I was going to talk about. It's like the soundtrack came out and it call, said the death of fucking Gwygon right in the soundtrack, <laughs> and we were all like, "Oh, thanks for this yeah. little nugget." Two months before the movie comes out, yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm going to go see it at the midnight showing. In fact, I know I'll be taking the day off of work afterwards just so I can go see the midnight showing and then go see it the next day again. I, I'm sure I will see it that quickly back to back. But even before that, I'm going to make sure that I stay away from any possible trolling sites or posts or anything like that because there's going to be somebody that sees it before we do and they're going to want to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, I mean, they'll have the big Hollywood release viewing, and so critics and everyone will have seen it by then. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, you, you already had, saw like, uh, Frosty Weintraub from, uh, Collider has already seen The Kingsman, like, uh, two months before the movie's release. Mm-hmm. Plus, that was, that was originally supposed to be like a November release. And right. Push it back. Right. So, and, that's a little different, I think. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it is, but I mean, still, he's getting to see the movie bef- before the release, and, he says it's amazing, by the way, but um, I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be a viewing before the general audience gets to see it. Oh, definitely, the Hollywood red carpet premiere will yeah. be like you know about a week before, probably. And I don't care if I see people put, posting stuff like it was awesome, it's amazing, they brought Star Wars back, it's going to you know all like stuff like that's great, but don't put like oh my god, you won't believe when this happens, right? And you actually, see what happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that BB-8 fart joke was the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movie is supposed to open the day before I turn 40. Oh, wow. So nice. it's just like, and did, did any of you guys see episode one on the Midnight Showing? I did. It, the um, When I was in college, it was, we came down to Baltimore to, to, to see it. We slept on the pavement of the theater like two weeks beforehand to get the Midnight Showing tickets. And the experience was awesome. It was like 102 degrees, and we all were like lobster red by the time it was done. But it was an amazing experience of that part of it. Unfortunately, the movie, not quite so much. But, <laughs> you know, I, unfortunately, now with online ticket sales, a lot of that's going to be lost, which is unfortunate. But Yeah, and they'll yeah, show I, it in like eight screens, and you'll be fine. Well, I'm also I'm also really hoping that uh, with the 501st that we get an invite to uh, be in costume for one of these movies, for the release of this Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember what I did was I took the day off before um, and went and bought our one theater allowed you to buy tickets in advance. So I went there and there wasn't a line, surprisingly. I don't know why, but there wasn't a line. So I just bought the tickets for everyone that was coming because there was like, I think, like eight of us that were going. So I bought tickets for everyone. And then uh, we just got in line that evening. We got really crappy seats because we had to wait for a few people that showed up late and uh but we were able to see it that night so crappy seats like where where were you sitting like way at the top in the right oh yeah. <laughs> the upper right corner of the theater <laughs> right that's better than the lowest right corner of the theater to True. Be sure of that. yeah yeah i remember seeing uh opening night seeing uh what was it uh, the two uh, yeah it was the second lord of the rings movie the two towers two towers oh, yeah. And I'm right in the front, oh, yeah. to the like to the left. I sat next to two ring wraiths, and I had to look straight up. 
And when Legolas, like, pulled his bow back, I had to, like, move my head <laughs> from the left to the right to watch where the arrow landed. And it was like a ping pong match. And I had a crick in my neck by the end of it. So. I sat in the front row for watch the first time I saw Avatar, and that did not work with the 3D very well. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, that would have been horrible. Well, I've never thought about that. Front row for 3D has got to be just fucked up. Yeah, like whoa. Yeah, for a 3D viewing, that'd be horrible. Yeah. So, did everything line up, or was it just all kind of like wonky and fucked up? It was kind of wonky. Yeah. Do you think uh, Star Wars has a chance, Episode 7, of beating Avatar? Yes. Oh, yeah. Especially if the, if the movie's good. Oh, it's going to destroy everything. Oh, I hope that's the case. I mean, I'll see it probably five, ten times alone, and then you know there's going to be thousands and thousands of other people that, if the movie's good, are going to see it handfuls of times. Yeah. What about, what about like, the... Uh, but it is missing out on the 3D upcharge. It is? It's not going to be 3D. It's not? No, I don't think so. Wow. I've, never, I've never heard th- that it's going to be in 3D. I mean, even the original, you know, even the, well, of course, they're doing, they're doing, they're making, they're all post-production 3D now, the, the newer ones. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, I haven't heard anything about this being 3D. I just assumed no, I it would be. Either. Huh. I never, no. Yeah, I kind of assumed it also, but I have not heard anything official that it will be, so I'm kind of assuming it won't be, but I still think it'll, even without that, I think it'll blow anything away. But to the point, to Eric's point, that's if it's good. If it's good, it'll have the Guardians of the Galaxy momentum where all of a sudden people will be, there might be those that were hesitant about seeing it, and then they hear from everyone, oh, it's good, and then you have the people that went and saw it and knew it was good, and you'll just get a flood of people, and it'll be in the theaters for a long time if it's good. If it's bad, that word of mouth's going to spread just as much, and it won't even hit very much at all. Yeah, that December release date really helps a lot for that, too, because they're not going to have a lot of popcorn movie competition Yep. They'll be able to, you know, hover in the theaters up until fucking May if it's good. Yeah. Do you get okay? Is is a uh, this is there's filming scenes in IMAX, correct? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I hope that they do a good job with that. Mm-hmm. The scenes that are shot in IMAX, because I don't know about you guys, but The Dark Knight Rises, the scenes that were filmed in IMAX to the ones that weren't, it was really apparent when you watched the movie. It was really bad. Yeah, I don't like that. How the, the I don't like seeing the uh, picture like shift into different shapes during the movie. It's like let's keep it standard for the whole movie. Yeah, it was really bad in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I don't think I don't think J.J. Abrams or Disney is taking this one in any way, shape, or form lightly because I think they realize how many movies are relying on this first one being good that they are going to do it really right, and they're not just going to assume, oh, well, Star Wars fans are going to come anyways. I don't think they're at that point right now. Right now they're like, crap, the original trilogy has a, or not the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy has a bad taste in some people's mouths. We better make sure this one's good, or else we're not going to be able to do the next six, seven cash grab bag movies that we think we're going to have. Yeah, I I, I, I I agree with that, but on the if any indication about tickets for this, you're talking about the momentum of the movie going forward. Yeah. I'm just saying this one, they, I think they need to, they're trying to do everything they can to make sure this first one is good because otherwise people will be less inclined to go see the ones that follow afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So like the building that momentum to go forward. Yeah. 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 I think this one, this one's going to sell no matter what. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to do gangbusters in the theaters 
based on the how Twitter blew up, how the internet blew up when that trailer was released. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the anticipation is there. People are ready. We're ripe for a, for a Star Wars movie, but we want it to be great. You know. So yeah, I, I think going forward, though, this this for the franchise to move forward with good momentum. Uh, yeah, they need to knock this one out of the ballpark. Well, that's my one real concern with this is that the hype factor is going to be so high that there is no possible way that it can live up to the hype for many people. Sure. Uh, even if even if it's just an amazing movie to some people, they're going to think it's like the next coming of Christ, and it and it's just not going to be able to live up to it, no matter what the movie, no matter what it is. And that's my only concern with it. Otherwise, I'm not concerned with J.J., with what he's doing. I'm not concerned. I mean, J.J. gets it. Kathleen Kennedy gets it. I think they get it. Yeah. And that's that's what matters, I think, the most. I so. agree. Yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. You got Lawrence Kasdan in there, too. And, uh, yeah. Well, everyone's like, oh, Lawrence Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan. And, yeah, he definitely had some... You know, like they think he's the guy who was really like the brainchild behind a lot of it. Yes, he had stuff to do with it, but he was not the only voice. So I think Kazan's role is overblown a lot of the time. Yeah, I I, kind of agree with that. Uh, Actually, I agree with that quite a bit. Um, You know, I mean, uh, they they, they didn't like who uh, Michael Arndt was the original writer. Mm -hmm. They knocked him off the project and. I think this is a collaboration of uh, Kasdan and Abrams. Yeah, I agree. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised with Arndt that, you know, like saying, oh, well, they removed him. You know, for all we know, a lot of the script, the concept stayed in. So there's a lot more Arndt in this than people realize. The, may, yes and no. Like, they, they said the Arndt stuff had to deal mostly with the new characters, that the old characters were kind of pushed aside. Um, but from... I think I think the, the older characters are going to be playing a bigger part now that Kasdan and JJ are the voice of this movie now. But I still think that that bigger part is, and I know you guys have mentioned this and agree to this also. I still think that bigger part of the original cast is to set the the path and, the, and blaze the trail for the new characters. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Mark Hamill's been saying much the same in that in like interview he did with Yahoo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like Michael Arndt's script had to do with like uh just killing off the old characters right from the get go yeah. and introducing these new ones as to where like the yeah, the new the new Kasdan script uh with JJ collaboration is like uh them kinda like holding their hands more throughout the movie and as mm-hmm. the movies go along. Um you know, kind of like spoon-feeding these characters to us. Yeah, giving us a proper Han Solo death, possibly. Right, yeah. I almost see the original concept is that they were all, all of the original cast was meeting at one, like, summit location, and then all of a sudden the summit location blew up, and then that's all you were going to see of the original cast. (laughs) (laughs) Like the beginning of, like, episode two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're going to pull a Dash Rendar at the end of uh, Shadows of the Empire. Is he right. dead? Is he not? What's going on? Right. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Star Wars news. I think we did it. Yeah, I don't. We're good. Give it. Give it a couple <laughs> weeks, and we'll have a ton more. We'll have a ton more. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Um, I want you guys to be able to tell like our listeners how they can listen to your podcast, how they can follow you on Twitter and Facebook, and all that good stuff on the interwebs. <laughs> Sounds good. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I'm really just the awesome movie podcast. You can, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, 
that's really it. I don't I don't do a lot else beyond that. Um, I don't have a Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter for the podcast. I think it's just uh, TAM Podcast. But I don't. I'm not involved with that at all. So. Yeah, we we follow you, and you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Shep that that does uh, does all that. Gotcha. So he's he's a social media guru. I'm just the guy who has the hardware. So. <laughs> well, for for Star Joe's, I've always said that uh, when you look at the credits of a movie, it would say uh, written by, directed by, produced by. All it would be my name for all of that, no, and then it's Chuck. And then it's like also starring Chuck and Robert, <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally. Uh, so, uh, so when it comes to Star Joe's, you can find us at starjoes.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. Just look up Star Joe's. We're on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Um, and the show is basically, like I said, it's covering Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the 80s stuff that a lot of people grew up with or fell in love with later. Um, a lot of stuff that's getting like reimaginings and reboots and revamps these days. Um, a couple of our uh, fan favorite episodes for those that might just kind of give them a little taste. Uh, we Robert and I do a lot of the animated G.I. Joe cartoons where we watch them with adult eyes, and those are a lot of fun. And related to Star Wars, him and I are have started, we only have three episodes out like this, but we're about to do another one where we read the uh, Del Rey books that we were talking about earlier. We read those books, do a full review on those books, talk about everything that happened in the book with the characters and everything else, and give a full review of it. So, And... Uh, those are some of the fa- fan favorites out there, and then we just have episodes like you guys do, where we just sit around and talk. So that's nice. We yeah, like I wish we could just have like uh, certain centric episodes. Sometimes yeah. we just you know the, with all the news that comes out that we have to cover, that's typically what we cover in an episode. So and you guys kind of do it with your segments. So yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense with the different segments we cover all the different stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, so definitely check out the Awesome Movie Podcast. Check out Star Joe's. And uh, hopefully we can have you guys back on in a future episode. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Whenever you want, man. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Later. Thanks. It takes a lot to make a stew. A pinch of salt and laughter, too. A scoop of kids to add the spice. A dash of love to make it nice. And you got... Too many cooks, 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 takes a lot to make a stew, when it comes to me and you, and him and her and the baby too, too many cooks, it's true, they say it goes, it'll spoil the broth. Hey, we're back. Uh, we're going to do, uh, I think we're doing everything out of order this week. Yeah, it's time for uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop, Yeah, right? it'd be a perfect time for Good Pop, Bad Pop, you know, after Star Wars news. <laughs> perfect timing, so. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Mm.
All right, good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either liked or disliked. We have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers, and if this is your first show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Thank you, Clive. Good old Clive. Clive, yeah, in effect. Um, <laughs> Clive, coming alive. <laughs> All right, so um, first thing I'm going to talk about is, you know, I, did you like Demolition Man growing up? The yeah, movie? I loved it. Yeah, I saw it. With, remember Jay? You, of course you remember yeah. Jay. We did the podcast with him. All restaurants are now Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but me and Jay saw that in the theater as kids. Awesome. Yeah, so. Um, but, uh, you know, I was a huge fan of that movie. The movie, it starred, uh, of course, Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Leary, mm-hmm. dude from Beetlejuice. Dude from Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. The um, Otho or yeah. from Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, remember in that movie in in the future, instead of using toilet paper, they use the three seashells. The three seashells. Yes, they never explained how that worked. Exactly. Exactly. And I've always wondered. <laughs> and. Uh, is there a comic book coming out explaining the three seashells? Yeah, it's uh, kind of like a, the tie-in for Interstellar. <laughs> no, I, I still don't know how they're used, but uh, the screenwriter Daniel Waters in a Q&A kind of talked about the origin of where the three seashells came from. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, I won't tell you the actual secret, but I'll tell you where it came from. There's a scene where Stallone has to use a restroom. I'm trying to come up with futuristic things you'd find in there. I was having trouble, so I called my buddy, another screenwriter across town, asked him if he had any ideas. Ironically enough, that guy was taking a dump when he answered the phone. Looked around his bathroom and said, I have a bag of seashells on my toilet as a decoration. I said, okay, I'll make something out of that. Yeah, that is true. I've seen that a lot, actually, people with uh, seashells in their bathrooms yeah. as decoration. Yeah. So that's a common thing. Why would you want to associate the ocean with uh, taking a crap and piss? I have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe the ambient, soothing sounds of the ocean. You put the seashell up to your ear. Yeah, but on the flip side, every time you do visit the ocean, it triggers something where you need to take a shit. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Just like mentally. Yeah, that's that's fucked up, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, this is beautiful. Why do I feel the need that I gotta go take a dump? <laughs> Every time I watch Jaws, it makes me want to take a dump. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I watch Piranha, and all I all I could think about was taking a dump. Yeah. <laughs> how would uh, uh, three seashells? How do they work, man? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe you. Um, I I have no idea. You use two of them to pick up the poop. Right. I don't even think I don't even think this dude knows how they work. No, it's just some bullshit he made up. Yeah. He's he's not gonna tell the secret because even he doesn't know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, dude. What do you got for uh, good pop, bad pop? Um, you know, I watched um, just recently the uh, newly released Willy Wonka Blu-ray. Finally, um, I picked it up for on the low on Black Friday. Yeah. And hadn't seen it for quite a long time. Yeah. And wow, I got to tell you, they really did a great job on the HD restoration on really? this new Willy Wonka. I mean, you could see like the strokes on the sets and everything. Right. It was that good. And wow, I forgot how creepy Willy Wonka got. When they're in the tunnel and they're showing all the footage in the background, you see the rooster get its head cut off. Yeah. And all the wild stuff. Like, wow. Willy Walker's a pretty, pretty fucked up movie. I love it. I love it too. Oh, it's one of my favorites. But, wow, it's fucked up. Gene Wilder is so great in it. Oh, I know. And way it, better than Depp. 
Yeah. I think the first half an hour, though, is kind of weak. I've forgotten kind of how, like, the movie really doesn't pick up until you finally are introduced to Willy Wonka. There's a lot of really bizarre shit going on, like, before you get to that part. Yeah. You know, with bizarre newscasts going on that have nothing to do with nothing. Yeah. Like, these, the classroom bits. Like, it's just, it's really weird stuff going on before the movie finally gets to that Willy Wonka stuff. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah, you should watch it again. The first 30 minutes are bizarre. I'd forgotten a lot of these scenes, but there's, like, just the weirdest scenes. Isn't that weird? Because, like, sometimes when stuff's on TV, like, the first half hour is already gone, so you're seeing yeah. stuff that you've seen, like, multiple times. Yeah. It's like you don't catch it from the beginning. Yeah, that the, um, the first half hour of this movie is so bizarre. Like, just, it's, 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 it's nothing like the rest of the movie once it gets going. Yeah. And, yeah, it's Grandpa Joe and his lazy-ass family. They just lay in bed all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and the songs in the first half hour are weaker than the songs once we get to Willy Wonka and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was – I hadn't seen it for so long. You know, like I said, I picked it up for, like, five bucks or something on the Black Friday stuff, and I really enjoyed seeing it again. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to give Willy Wonka a Tupperware. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, of course. And I'm going to give, like, the Blu-ray a Tupperware itself. Like, if you don't own Willy Wonka on DVD, yeah. it's it's well worth picking up this. It's some, I forget what, but it's like the somethingth anniversary of it. You know how they do. Every every year with a five or a zero at the end of it is an excuse to repackage it and come yeah. out. But Any special features? There's um, a making of documentary on there that's pretty good, about 40 minutes long. They talk to, you know, the original screenwriter and stuff like that. And yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I had an awkward moment. Uh, here's a viewing of Will- – whenever – okay, you brought up Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Every time I think about that movie, I think about something that happened in my 20s involving okay. that movie. Okay. Um, I I was in a hotel room uh-huh. having sex with my ex-girlfriend. Okay. And my buddy was like in the bed next to us uh-huh. with like a – we had a curtain up. Okay. And uh, he knew what we were doing, and he would quote the movie in funny voices as we're in the act. <laughs> Why am I saying this out loud? What quotes? Like, strike that, reverse it? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, if the, the kids are talking, he's, he's, like, repeating what they say in, like, little kid voices and stuff. That's funny. So, you know, as we're, you know, doing it, like, I would bust out in little giggles and stuff like that. It as was, if that movie isn't strange enough. Right. Now, now you have sexual associations with it. I know. I know. Exactly. You poor guy. <laughs> I know. It, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, yeah, why did I say that? <laughs> anyway, this is not episode 69. No. That should have came up the last episode. Move along, move along. Move along. These are not the jokes you were looking for. Exactly. <laughs> uh, la, 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 la. I wanted to talk about the Flash mid-season finale. How was that? Uh, it was awesome. Any more on whether or not we've got a Flash from the future on the show? I'm going to talk all about I'm going to break that down. Holy fuck. All right, Flash mid-season finale at the beginning of the episode. We see the Flash in hot pursuit of the reverse Flash. Then the screen, it says, one day earlier. It was a Christmas episode, which I really like that. Oh, nice. And so it was very Christmas-centric. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I- I'm thinking to myself, like, Barry's got a lot to be thankful for Christmas. I mean, even though, like, his father's in prison, his mother's dead. I mean, watching this episode, the relationship that he has with Joe, uh, it's just amazing. It, it's a, it was a great – I think this was the most father-son relationship I've seen between those two because this guy raised him. That's cool. And I saw a lot of that. I mean, this guy took him in, raised him, and um, 
You saw a lot of that in this episode. Just the love that those two characters have for one another. Um, you know, this episode, we got everything you wanted, really. Uh, Barry talks to his dad in prison. Um, that's awesome. Barry talks, Barry finally tells Iris that he loves her, which was, wow, heavy. They did a really good job of doing it in this episode. <sighs> Sounds like a lot was packed in this midseason finale. Yeah. Tons of reverse flash. Um, who is after this tachyon particle device? <laughs> Detective West, uh, at one time, demands that the reverse flash, you know, fess up about killing Barry's father, trying to get that out there in the open so that they can get, you know, his father out of prison. Um, there was battles between the flash and the reverse flash. It was absolutely awesome. Nice cliffhanger ending. Very much so. Uh. Um, got great clues at the end of this episode. You know, Cisco talks to Joe West at the end and says that when the flash and the reverse flash were running and fighting each other, he noticed that there were streaks of yellow and red. And that sounds like the report of what was seen the night that Barry's mother was killed. So he is speculating that there were two speedsters there that night when Nora was killed. Mm. You know, could, could one be Harrison Wells, you know, the Barry of the future? Was he there? Um, there was another great clue that dropped, which I'll address in an email that we received from listener David Isaac. Uh, the email says, Hey guys, just curious your thoughts on the mid-season finale of Arrow and The Flash. Like I've said, I did not watch the Arrow one, so I apologize. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys will cover it on the pod. Just thought that I add a couple of theories to what I think is going on, especially on The Flash. These two shows have quickly become must-watch television, and I get real pissed if I don't have time to watch or like with the flash, I lose half the episode because of the snow. I really fucking hate snow, but I digress. I digress. <laughs> I've never read much of the Green Arrow or Flash comics, but I'm obviously familiar with both characters to an extent. But I really am excited for these shows because I am just a fan of comic-related anything and good television. For me, Arrow's first season was a little slow and took a lot longer uh, than I thought to really kick in. Last season was done perfectly. Great build-up. Good job on the pacing and story. The characters felt a little more lived in, and they continuously added characters for the DC Universe, and it did extremely well. This season has kept up the pace as last season, and, and, and the story is headed in a great direction. The Flash has learned from Arrow on how to propel the story and character development, and a perfect choice in Grant Gustin for Barry and Tam, Tom Cavanaugh playing Dr. Wells. It is quickly becoming one of my favorite shows on TV. At this point, I will give the obligatory. This email will contain spoilers. Brian's theory that Wells may be Barry from the future is right on, in my opinion. And you may think that's crazy, especially after it appeared that he is in possession of a reverse Flash suit. So in the final moments of the Flash midseason finale, you know, Harrison Wells goes into that little room that he always goes into at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And he's got a costume stored in a secret room the reverse flash suit and attached to it is the tachyon particle device to the chest um, that we're assuming it powers it. And that's the final moment of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, David Isaac says, but hold the fuck up for a minute. The entire show has been Wells doing his best to make Barry a better flash. I may not know much about the comic universe, but I do know that Reverse Flash is not out to torture or mess with Barry, but to kill Barry by any means necessary. There's no way he would help Barry become a stronger and faster version of himself if the end game is to kill him. Even if he is trying to learn something to improve himself, I still think Wells is Alan's future self. I think Wells 
could be acting as the reverse flash to push Barry to his limits and doing what he can to time travel. Although I think you'll find out they could do a flashpoint paradox type story where there are consequences for changing the past and has to let his mom die to save the timeline. It is just too on the nose for any series to reveal Wells as his major rogue. There's something more to it, and knowing how shows like to keep things up their sleeves, it makes sense to try and throw us a curveball and try to make us think we know what's going on, especially when they know a bunch of comic geeks are their primary audience. Uh, he talks about Arrow. I'm not going to get into that, fortunately, because I did not watch it. All in all, these two new shows have given us uh, fans something we can truly say honors the comic culture and characters. Thanks for the time and great podcast. Take care, David Isaac. All right. Um, he brings up great points. Jake, are you are you gonna are you gonna jump back on Flash? Or are you done? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably done. I, I think they. I don't know. I you guys you're saying a lot of positive stuff about it, and the time traveling stuff sounds a lot of fun, but. I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like it's up my alley. So you're down. You're out. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Wow. Yeah. You're missing out, man. Yeah. You're missing out. I oh like um, I like Professor Zoom and Reverse Flash as a character too. I think it's cool that they're getting into that right away. How many episodes do I have to watch if I was going to catch back up? Eight, ten. Eight uh, to ten. That's not so bad. It's not bad, and it. I'm telling you, I think like the after the Captain Cold episode is when it really started to ramp up, man. Mm-hmm. And I really started to enjoy it. Um, re- Reverse Flash looked amazing. Um, the whole time, you can never get a clear look at his face. He does that thing where he like moves, shakes his shakes face his so face, fast, and, and his voice was like really fucking scary, dude. Oh wow, it was really cool. And the first time you heard him was this mid-season finale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I'm going to talk about like who I think people are in this universe because it's so secretive. Uh, guys, I'll be honest. At, at this point, I have no idea who Harrison Wells is. Um, in the comics, though, there were two reverse flashes. Uh, the first reverse flash was uh, Eobard Thawne. Basically, Eobard Thawne, he was just the evil flash. He was hell-bent on destroying the flash. Uh, the second was Hunter Zolomon. Uh, he wore the reverse Flash suit, but he let everybody know that he wasn't evil and he was a friend to the Flash, who was Wally West at the time in the comics. Um, it was Thawne that killed Nora, Barry's mother. And I think that in the TV version, that's true, too. Okay, but they haven't revealed that yet. Right. Um, now, with two speeds, speedsters, um, two speedsters there that night that Nora was killed, and I don't think that Cisco dropped that. Cisco revealing that on the show was just a a theory. I think they revealed that because that's concrete. I think there were two speedsters there that night. Hmm. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why they just dropped that if it didn't mean something more. Um. I do think like what David Isaac's saying. I, I think with two speedsters there that night, I think they are setting up Flashpoint. I think Barry will travel back in time to, you know, stop his mother's death and then realize that, you know, if he does anything more, he he could damage, you know, time itself. And and it's going to be an emotional scene where he has to just let his mother die. Um, Pretty heavy for TV, for CW. This is where I could be wrong and I'm just taking a stab. I, I think the second speedster is Grant Gustin's Barry Allen. I think it's I think it's I think it's him. Hmm. Do they really play that up that you're, you're trying to figure out who this character is in the show? Is that something they really kind of? Which character? I mean, who? I mean, yeah. Harrison Wells? Yes. 
or you know the the reverse flash that was there that night, the second speedster. I mm. mean, you're trying to guess all of these things. So yeah, that's cool that they're juggling so much. Right. Lot to lot to keep you watching. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, the, on the flip side, though, I mean, uh, you know, I talk about how this could lead up to Flashpoint, but you know, Flashpoint may have already happened when Reverse Flash told Barry that it was his mother's destiny to die that night. Mm. So I don't know. This could already be the post-reality after shit was fucked with. Exactly. Um, There's also a theory, I mean, that we could be seeing two Reverse Flashes. We could be seeing both Thawn and Solomon. Hmm. Yeah, see that? Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe, maybe Harrison Wells is Solomon. Zolomon was always the aide that was trying to help the Flash, where Thawn was trying to destroy the Flash. Maybe Harrison Wells, with all the help that he's been giving the Flash throughout these episodes, maybe he is Hunter Zolomon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm lost on this. <laughs> I know. I'm lost. I'm, I, you know, I'm watching the show, Jake, and I'm fucking lost. <laughs> So it really sounds like a lot's going on, though. It's, yeah. it's nice to hear that it's kind of broken out of the monster of the week mold, and there's so many subplots and subtexts going on. Okay, another thing. I got another theory, final theory, that I want to talk about. All right. Jake, you remember from the first episode, you remember Eddie, Iris's boyfriend? Yes. Okay. In, in, in later episodes, he started a task force to capture um, the Flash. Okay. Okay, so he started this task force. His main thing is... He wants to capture the Flash. Thinks he's a menace. Mm-hmm. And uh, my last theory is that uh, Barry – okay, Wells is Barry from the future. I think that. Okay. But the reverse Flash from the future is actually Iris's boyfriend, Eddie. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's – I don't know. Somebody proved me wrong. Um I may I may be wrong. The motive's there. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that last scene, and I need to watch it again. I still have it on my DVR. There is a scene when the reverse flash and Joe West and Barry Allen and Eddie are all in the same room together. Uh, reverse flash is in a containment area. They've, they've captured him. Um, I'm going to have to remember how uh, Eddie and I can't for the, for the I was going to watch it again before we did the podcast, but I can't remember how that reverse flash interacted with Eddie, but I think he might be looking at his future self. Um, I, it might be leading up to Eddie actually becoming the reverse flash right now. He seems like a great character, you know, um, he, you know, he loves Iris, but you know, now that Barry's admitted that he loves Iris, I'm sure she's got some things thinking. She's got to sort through some feelings. She's got to sort through. I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with Eddie and her breaking up. But if they do break up, um, he'll and he loses Iris, he'll become more obsessed. I mean, that's gonna he's gonna even have more time and become more obsessed to capture the Flash so much more that he tries to make himself a metahuman. Um, maybe finding out that Barry is the Flash and then trying to recreate what happened that night with the particle accelerator and trying to become the Flash himself. Do you think we'll see a lot of that happening in the second half? Do you think it's going to happen that fast, like answers to these questions? Uh, we might see like a cliffhanger at the end of this season that might make us think that it could happen in the second season or so. No. But I think ultimately they are leading up to this Eddie character, Iris's boyfriend, becoming evil and possibly he's the reverse flash from the future 
I don't know. It's just another theory of mine. Hmm. Well, there's so much to talk about with this show. I, mean, I, I should get back on board, possibly. Yeah, you know, just give it an episode a day. Yeah, I think it's all on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, just take it one episode at a time. Um, did you have any more good pop-up? No, nah, I'm good for the week. Okay. I did want to talk about the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mid-season finale. I did watch it. Um, I heard some interesting stuff about it. Yeah, uh, Jacob Harmon's excited for it and, like, you know, what it does for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched the episode. Um, There's things about this show that I don't, that I I like and things I don't like. Um, It is getting better, I will admit, and I I am in the minority. Most people are loving this show right now. Mm -hmm. You you go to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like over a 90% by the critics. Oh, wow. Audiences are loving it too. So I'm in the minority. I'm still one of the people that are kind of like, yeah. But then there's things I do like about it. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, there's been mysteries about Sky's past. Um, You know, we haven't figured everything out with her. But, you know, in the mid-season finale titled What They Become, uh, we get some answers to some questions. Uh, we get the death of uh, the HYDRA officer, Daniel Whitehall. Um, Agent 33 is not no longer, you know, brainwashed. Um, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a very Sky-centric episode, though. Um, you know, and uh, we find out exactly what she is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, she, she kept Coulson from killing her father. Uh, she went to that underground tomb or lair or whatever to get the obelisk back from Raina and, uh, Raina sets the artifact on the podiums. Um, they close off the temple and triplet gets in there to try to save sky. The, we see the obelisk gets, uh, it opens up. We see these like blue crystals, and they emit this mist. Okay, Terrigen mist. Yes. Man. So, um, Raina and Sky then they they become encased almost like in a uh, kind of like a shell. Okay. And Triplet, he, he he tries to stop what's going on, and you know knocks the crystal off the pedestal and. He gets he gets hit by shards, and he is killed. Wow! Um, they are encased, you know. Uh, Reina, Sky encased in like this cocoon, like this. I don't know that uh, like a chocolate shell. Yeah, you know? I, I can imagine right. what you're talking about. And uh, it's temporary. They they shed the shell, and <sighs> Sky looks the same. She doesn't look any different, but. She starts to emanate these tremors, like like an earthquake, and um, we all know that this. She's an inhuman. They give her a name too, don't they? Uh, they didn't drop the name in this episode, I believe. Uh-huh. I, I didn't hear them drop the name, but. Oh no no no! You're right. You're right. Her her real name Daisy, mm-hmm. which in Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe it sets her up in, in, in for the the universe if, as a character in the comics Quake. Yes. So she's Daisy Johnson. Right. Exactly. Um, and you know her 
her father in the comics is, you know, Calvin uh, Zabo. Yeah, Mr. Hyde. And exactly. So, um, you know, Sky's father calls himself Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with here. So yeah, it's a character that uh, Brian Michael Bendis created mm-hmm. and Jonathan Hickman in um, for the Secret Warriors run. Yeah. So that's. I mean, it is exciting. It makes her character a hell of a lot more interesting now. Yeah. And they're setting up the Inhumans years before the movie comes out. It comes out in 17 or 18. Yeah, that's crazy that we're seeing our first Terrigen Mist appearance here on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's, yeah. that's big. Yeah. So overall, I'm still going to give this episode a taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending was Tupperware, though. This was also a mid-season finale? Yes, this was a mid-season finale for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, pretty good shit, man. Um, it, they are getting better. I'm still loving uh, Mockingbird. Awesome. Now, are we going to have Agent Carter in between the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Part 1 and Part 2? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. I uh, wanted to talk about, uh, final thing for Good Pop, Bad Pop, I wanted to talk about Exodus, Gods, and Kings. Oh, yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think about it. Should I go see this movie still is my question. Yeah, um, Ridley Scott doing this movie. Uh, let's see here. It's it's the it's the Moses film. Yeah, the Moses Christian Bale Moses film. Yeah, uh, Christian Bale as Moses, Joel Edgerton as Ramses, John Turturro as uh, Seti, uh, Aaron Paul as Joshua. Um, it's uh, you know it's uh, the synopsis: the defiant leader Moses rises up against the Egyptian pharaoh Ramses. Setting 600,000 slaves on a monumental journey of escape from Egypt and its terrifying cycle of deadly plagues. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh You just want me to rate it? Yeah, I want to, I want to hear it. I didn't like it. Wow, is it a toss? It's a toss. It. Wow. I didn't like it. Um, it... <sighs> Was it a bad adaptation or just a boring, bad movie? It started off, I thought, really strong. Um... Once they got to the stuff that I really was anxious to see, mm-hmm. the plagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the problem I have with this movie, visually it's spectacular. I, I imagine. Um, but, all right, and I'm not going to get into religion. No, please don't. A little bit, but not a lot. You got the Charlton Heston movie, which dealt a lot in the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give spoilers. <laughs> a little bit of spoilers. God is not a God is not something like I guess in this movie God is portrayed by a child. Oh wow! Or you know the voice of God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is portrayed by a child, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's an angel that was talking to him. But like you see the burning bush, but you also see a child, and that's like the voice of God. I'm guessing. And um, you know, I, I, I just because it's I understand Hollywood want, not wanting to put like a religious spin on this. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, no matter if you view the Bible as like, you know, fact or if you view it as fiction, they stray away from the source material. Yes. Because in the Bible, that's, you know, they don't view, you know, God's not coming to him as a child. No. You actually see the child, huh? Yeah, you see the child. Okay. And that was weird for me. I mean, you know, I mean, I can can understand you not wanting to do the religious stuff, but... You know, it's just a, if you just view it as a story taken from the Bible, just do what they did in the Bible. You don't have to preach to us. No, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? That makes complete sense. Um, it's like they had a, a 
they were saying something else by portraying him as a child. Right. Like they had an ulterior meaning to yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like if you if you take the if you take the Harry Potter movies and you take all the wizard and you know the 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 witches out mm-hmm. and you just try to adapt it into like uh like that woman that went crazy and was like I'm going to take all the the wizardry out of it mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to write the same Harry Potter stuff so that this is true uh, so that my kids can read it in a religious way <laughs> it's the same thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. i'm not asking for a movie to preach to me but on the flip side i don't want you to change it so much yeah don't sugarcoat it exactly yeah um the plagues they tried to explain it with uh more science Okay. I guess. What was the science behind all those damn locusts? You know, it's just like, uh, so basically, like, what was the first thing? Like, um, the, uh, alligators went crazy in the, in the, in the sea and started mm-hmm. to kill, you know, people and fish, and it, that's what made the seas red and okay. red with blood. Okay. Well, now that the seas are red with blood, now the frogs have to get the fuck out of the sea and they're looking for water and then they go into the city. So <laughs> now, once the frogs can't find any water, the frogs rot and die. And that brings on the flies, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then from there, it's like, it's a cycle. It's like they, they, they focus more on like the nature and the science other than like the, you know, the miracle of it the all. The miracle of it all just happening. Um, and they blaze through the fucking plagues. I mm-hmm. mean, these plagues happen like one, right? It's rapid fire plagues and it's <laughs> over. Um, the one scene that I, that I thought that it was, it was really hit and miss was like the parting of the Red Sea. Uh huh. Wasn't like in the Moses the Charlton Heston movie, which I think is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's if you want to see a really good Moses movie, watch that one. Uh, it wasn't like that. the The seas really didn't like part; they just kind of like uh, subsided. Mm. So uh, then, then they then they did come back rushing in, and and uh, I, I was always amazed by just like the seas parting. Yeah. And you can walk through like a wall of water. I exactly. That, that doesn't happen, huh? Does not happen. Hmm. Um, the one thing he did get right was it was absolutely amazing when the waves did come back crashing and you got to see like the underwater scene of like all the floating chariots and gar- like, ru- like, uh, uh, Egyptian, uh, guards and whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, floating around there. That was amazing. That was an amazing visual st- st- uh, s- sight to see. Um, the acting in this, uh, Christian Bale as Moses, I think he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, really? He stood above everybody else in this movie, in my opinion. Um, the actor that played Ramses, on the other hand, um, Joel Edgerton, not good. What's he from? Uh, Joel Edgerton. He has been, let me click on him. Try, I can't think of anything offhand. Oh, he was in Warrior uh, with uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, he was in King Arthur. He was in uh, The Great Gatsby. He was in The, the New Thing okay. uh, movie that came out. He was. He had a great look for the film. Uh, he just wasn't as evil as I wanted to see Ramses be in this movie. Yeah, no, not like the equivalent of like Yaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which I which I thought um, was a great like. I mean, you had Ben Hur with Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. I thought Gladiator did that movie justice. Oh, I agree. I love Gladiator. Yeah, this doesn't do the Charlton Heston Mo- Moses movie justice, in my opinion. That's a shame. Uh, and Joel Edgerton was uh, he had a great look for the movie. He just was not a strong presence, not a strong performance out of him. He wasn't as wicked and evil as I wanted him to to be um, in this movie. I was not impressed by him. That's a shame. 
Well, I mean, even in Warrior, I mean, he wasn't the standout performance in that either. I thought it was Tom Hardy. I think he's not a guy that can that can carry that villainous role, in my opinion. He's just very vanilla. Yeah, they tried to give him a shot here, and it sounds like he really didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and I'm not the only one that feels like this is not a good movie. I love Ridley Scott. Um, this movie is not performing well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like uh, like a 24 percent or something like that, and like Ooh, maybe, ouch, maybe like a 43 percent for the audience. It's it's not doing well. Um, maybe Redbox this thing. Uh, it's not anything that you need to see in the theater. I did not see it in 3D. I don't think that would affect my opinion at all. Um, don't think it really needed any 3D. Um, maybe for the frogs jumping into the city <laughs> or something. Uh, maybe for the water crashing and stuff like that. But it, I don't know. Exodus Gods and Kings. Um, I, I, I think, uh, really Scott should have skipped this and gave us a Blade Runner a little bit sooner. Yeah, I agree. Give us that Prometheus a little sooner. Yeah, give, give us, us something. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a miss for me. I'm going to toss uh, Exodus Gods and Kings. And guys, I- I'm sorry. If you're a Ridley Scott fan and you love this movie, I- I'm glad you did. Um, but uh, And this was a hard one to rate because I-, I had a lot of expectations going into this movie, hoping mm-hmm. it was going to be a huge blockbuster. In a time, it- it- right now, we need a good one. Uh, I-, I agree. The week before, there was no releases, which I thought was crazy. Somebody should have came out with a movie. It was ripe. For a movie to come out, uh, not, we still had uh, you know Mockingjay performing well and mm-hmm. Horrible Bosses two out there, um, and uh, then we get this, and I was hoping it was going to be big, and was not impressed. Got to toss it. Sorry. How did it do box office this weekend? Do you know? I'm not sure the numbers. Hmm. Not sure the numbers. I don't know if it says. Be curious if Mockingjay still held number one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't know how religious groups are reacting to this, and I could really give a not shit. well from what I've read. Probably just to say not. really quickly, yeah, because I've I've already before you started talking, I've heard complaints about the uh, God interpretation. Yeah. So yeah, they're not too happy with this uh, this version. This this movie it doesn't do well with anything really, uh, except for like uh, I think the origin of Moses I thought was pretty cool. Um, they could have done a lot more between the uh, relationship between Christian Bale as Moses and John Turturro as uh, Ramsey's father. They set it up a little bit, man, but they did not set it up the way that they did in Gladiator. Yeah, that's too bad, especially I love John Turturro. Yeah. So I wanted to see more of uh, like the Joaquin per- Phoenix being jealous of like how much uh, you know his father loved uh, Russell Crowe's character. Yeah. I agree. It was kind of like they just skimmed over all that, man. It, it was not good. And just Joel Edgerton was just – he was tough to watch in this, hmm. really hard to watch him in this. That's wild. Huh. John, John Tatura did good. I, I'm sure he did. Yeah. I'm sure he did. He was good. So All right. Wait for Redbox. Wait for Redbox. Yeah. Yeah, even if then, I don't think you have to watch it. Maybe like if it comes out on TNT or something. Ouch, ouch. Man, it's hard to say that because I, I love Ridley Scott. Was hoping this movie would be a lot better, it just wasn't. Um, you want to do some Marvel news and then wrap this up? Yeah, let's do that. All right, Daniel Cudmore. Are you familiar with that name? Uh, no, I wasn't either until I read this article. Apparently, he's the actor who plays Colossus in the X Men movies. Okay, okay. Yeah, he was asked on Twitter uh, if we'd see Colossus uh, in X Men Apocalypse, to which he replied, "Unfortunately, I don't think so." Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, I think you haven't heard anything. Your agent hasn't been casted. <laughs> Doesn't mean that we're not going to have Colossus in the movie. It's it means we won't have you. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> not going to have you, Chief. 
Sorry, yeah. sorry to break that news to him. Yeah, and then it was followed up by like another fan asking him a question on Twitter, which was a weird question. He that he was then asked if he would want to be in the new Deadpool movie. What? Yeah. And he responded, I love his response though. He says, does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> He's down for it. I mean, this guy, I think he wants to do anything. Hey, I mean, give him a job. Give him a job. I don't know. I, and I don't know anything else this guy has been in. He's a, he's a, he's a good looking Hollywood actor. He's just kind of like another Joel Edgerton to me. Yeah, he looked like Colossus, so fuck it. He's Colossus. I don't think there was much thought going into that casting. Yeah, not too much. And he was just a very bit part. Oh, yeah, we, we just want to show you Colossus in this movie. Yeah, look at Colossus's powers. Daniel Cudmore, you just look like a guy that should be on a soap opera. Fuck, I didn't even know his name until you told me. Exactly. You know, prove me wrong, Daniel, but I, I haven't seen anything from you. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think he's like a poor man's Brandon Routh. Oh man, that's saying something. Well, I love Brandon Routh too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is just like if you strip Brandon Routh of all of his talent, you'd have Daniel Cudmore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tweet him, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, fuck it go ahead tweet him he'll say that's right there's a bear shit in the woods <laughs> dude I love Brandon Routh man oh yeah Brandon Routh's great dude he's on a fucking uh, arrow now dude I heard that I heard that yeah. did you did you watch Dylan Dog no dude I love that fucking movie I don't even know what it is Oh man, you gotta watch Dylan Dog, dude. It's like, it's like it was released in theaters, but it's just like a, I don't know, I think this is one of those movies. It's, it could, it, I don't know, maybe one of these days, if more people watch it, it could hit like, uh, like, uh, you know, cult classic, uh, cult status. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like Fight Club status or yeah, whatever, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Donnie dude. Darko status. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Good shit, dude. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, um, yeah, Daniel Cudmore. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Should we shit on him some more? No, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What's he doing? What's Daniel Cudmore doing? Uh, what's his other claims to fame? <laughs> Begging for work on Twitter. Yeah, is he like the, is he, is he, is he, uh, what's his He's name? He's probably for? just a male fucking model or something. Yeah, he probably would work for like Calvin Klein before this. I'm going to look up Daniel Cudmore. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, why do they, no, yeah. Was he in X-Men Days of Future Past? Briefly, right at the beginning. Didn't he get killed? Gosh, I really must not like this guy because I don't remember him at all. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, you're right. He is in it. Yeah. Daniel Cudmore. He was nothing, though. I mean, that movie still would have been a Tupperware without him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What else? <laughs> he, oh, he's, gonna, he's in the new Warcraft movie. Ooh, there you go. Oh, shit. He was... Uh, Felix in uh, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh, that means zero to me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's in an episode of... He was Daniel Hicks on Fringe. Oh, wow. What season does it say? Uh, that character name doesn't ring a bell. 2012. Okay. Was when he was in there. He was in uh, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Twilight Saga Eclipse. He's in all of them. He's Felix. He's yeah. a pivotal character, apparently. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. He's doing better off than I am. So. Yeah, definitely. He's Go. a shirtless werewolf in Twilight movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see here. Moving on. No more. I'm not going to bash him anymore. There were Age of Ultron reshoots. Did you hear about these? Yes, I did. They happened right after the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange announcement. You think that's a coincidence? I do not. Really? Yeah, I, I bet that had something to do with that. Uh, we've heard so many rumors about there being a new team established by the end of Age of Ultron. 
Oh, so you do think that he's going to be in the Yeah, Asians. I don't think it's a coincidence. Okay. I think it, I think it's not a coincidence because once he was officially signed, they were able to officially shoot these scenes that they needed for the movie. Yeah, and this is, this is nothing new with the reshoots in, in these movies. I mean, Thor the Dark World had reshoots. Crap, like Return of the King, they had reshoots like fucking five, six years after they shot the original shit. Yeah. You can yeah. see like Frodo looking like five years fucking older in the movie from scene to scene. You think maybe one of the reshoots too could also be, uh, uh, you know, we we've, we've got a Black Panther cast. Yeah, I think I I think that new team shot is going to be last minute. I think there could still possibly be more um, reshoots to this effect if we were possibly to get a Captain Marvel signed. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, we have a uh, Pete's tweets. Uh, it's been a while. Pete's tweets. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since we had a Pete's tweets. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder which one it was. I've been, I've been I follow Pete on Twitter. So, so do I. Yeah. I told I told a pudding cat. Pete's tweets. Pete's tweets. All right. So yeah, uh, Pete this week he tweeted at us uh, at PC Leftovers. Um, what role do you guys think Marvel has in store for Al Pacino? I'd like to see him as the Watcher or the Beyonder. Um, this leads into our next story. So thank you, Pete. We reported months ago that, you know, Al Pacino had seen Guardians of the Galaxy. He said he loved the movie. Yep, yep. And said that he loved the, the, the movies that Marvel's, that Marvel's doing. And he said he would like to be in a Marvel movie if it made sense. Yeah, now we know he's talked to Marvel. Yeah, Kevin Feige heard these comments and, and we've learned now that Al Pacino has, uh, met with Marvel about a part in a future film. You know, we don't know how those talks really, really went, but here's what he had to say on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. Um, That's us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmic Book News is claiming that he'll play the grand. Oh, I don't. Fuck, I had audio. I, I didn't. I never got the audio. Oh, well. He said, Hoo-ah, yeah. Hoo-ah, Hoo-ah. I'm the watcher. So, sorry I didn't get the audio. Um, I suck. I suck this week. But anyway, Cosmic Book News is claiming that he'll play the Grand Master in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He is in one of the age, he is one of the, uh, the Grand Master is one of the ageless elders of the universe and has mastered most civilizations' games of skill and chance. Um, his exact origin is unknown. He is one of the oldest living beings in the universe coming from one of the first intelligent races to evolve after the Big Bang. Hmm. He once possessed the Mind Gem, one of the six Infinity Gems, but he lost it to Thanos. He is a cosmic game player whose preferred game is pitting two opposing teams against each other. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Any speculation, if it is, Grandmaster? I don't know. Will he pit the Avengers against the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Or maybe he'll pit members of the Guardians of the Galaxy against each other. Somehow. Hmm. Maybe that'll be his game, trying to see how strong the, the unity with the team is. Yeah, I can't. Or maybe he'll pit Hawkeye against them again, since he seems to turn evil in every. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. There you yeah. go. Hawkeye and Hulk versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Um, now, Beyonder, that was Pete's recommendation and The Watcher. I. I can't subscribe to The Watcher. No. Uh, Beyonder, though, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that very much so. I can't subscribe to The Watcher. I want to see more of your classic Watcher. Yeah, definitely. Who would you cast in that role? I, I wouldn't cast anyone. It'd be all CGI for <laughs> all me. All CGI. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
Maybe mocap. I don't know. Andy Circus as no, the watcher. No. <laughs> gotta get away from him. Some, we gotta get somebody else in mocap. Yeah, yeah we need another mocap star. <laughs> now, uh, the Beyonder, this is not fact, but uh, Charles Xavier claimed that he was an inhuman of Adelon. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beyonder was also a mutant. Yeah. Um, that, which brings up my first question. Who has the rights to the character? Yeah, I think Marvel does. I do too. Yeah. So, you know, um, this is off topic, but I was reading some interesting stuff about um, what Marvel did with uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver this week. Talk to me. Um, apparently, they've retconned it so they are not Magneto's children anymore in the Marvel Universe. That within the Axis crossover, I guess issue seven came out. Yeah. They um, There was a, like some kind of spell or something that would work like on anyone that was related to him and Scarlet Witch cast it and it did not work on Magneto. That is more slam on so, Fox. Yeah, totally. They totally did this on purpose, but wow. I guess it's like a t- the big reveal was is that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are not Magneto's blood children anymore. I had not read that. So, I mean, ob- they obviously did that to separate themselves from the X-Men franchise. And just anything Fox is doing. Yeah. Especially so. with the Fantastic Four now and now with the mutants. I wow. thought it was crazy the way it happened, like right in the middle of the big crossover and everything. Yeah. So, so make it as high profile as possible. Yeah, search. Um, there's some articles out there I'm sure you can easily find on some of the comic book websites about Access 7 and all that happening. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating, though, related to the movie stuff. Now, uh, yeah, uh, Pete talks about the Beyonder. I, I You look at the Beyonder, it's that's Pacino. In I agree. Opinion. I agree. Facial hair and all. Yeah, uh, the Beyonder, like they said, uh, like I said, was uh, Charles Xavier says he was a human of Adelan. Uh, he was also a mutant. Uh, exposure of his mutant gene uh, to the Terrigen Mists uh, had created an unprecedented reaction, bestowing upon him seemingly godlike abilities and granted him amazing power and knowledge beyond all other Inhumans of his time. And also erased for an unknown reason him from Black Bolt and the Inhumans' memories. Yeah, I bet the movie, if they bring the Beyonder into the Marvel movie verse, they're, I think they're going to drop this Inhuman bit. Like, I bet they won't have that connection. Even, even, even with Inhumans on the horizon, I don't think, I think there'll be the disconnect between those two things. So, well, and he can't be a mutant. Yeah. We know that. I think he'll just be a, a celestial being of some kind. Something more, k- kind of like uh, kind of like a collector type. Very character. much like the collector, just a, just a kooky cosmic being. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I'd be excited to see Al Pacino in a Marvel movie. Me too. I'm glad he's excited. I, I'm excited to see anyone who's excited like that. that yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, coming soon.net, they talked with uh, Josh Brolin at the Los Angeles Press Junket oh, yeah. for uh, Inherit Vice, a movie he's in. And, and then he opened up about his role as uh, Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And here's what Brolin had to say. I love the idea of Thanos. Ultimately, it's Thanos against everyone. Who? Uh, why wouldn't you do that? Thanos came along because of my good friend, Luis D'Esposito, uh, a co-president of Marvel Studios, Uh, He and I used to train together. We did Hollow Man together. He called me up and started talking about this thing. It was nice because I could intimately talk to him about it, what I liked, what I didn't like about the whole idea of it. It was really exciting because of the possibilities that it could become, not as an idea or as a blockbuster, but just as something different. 
it's the character's mentality. So I love that quote. It's Thanos against everyone. Yeah, he's the lone guy. Yeah. So that is cool. Yeah. So, and they're going to have a lot, I mean, with two movies, you know, with Infinity War being split into two movies and then all the Marvel movies leading up to it, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no excuse to not do uh, Thanos justice here. Yeah. So. Yeah, I uh, I watched Guardians again yeah. at home. Um, dude, I still hate the 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 Josh Brolin Thanos. <laughs> the look, I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. God, I think it looks awful. <laughs> the suit and everything, it's just the face. Yeah, I could see that complaint. Maybe they should have gone all CG. Right. Yeah, yes and no. I don't know. I just... I, Do you think it's Brolin's fault or the CG artist's fault? I don't... I have a problem with his eyes. My yeah. God, his yeah. eyes just look weird. Yeah. These little beady eyes. I, I just wanted them to use the classic. The, the star eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I can see that. All right. We got, we got another Marvel-related email uh, from our listener, Matt Smith. Uh, and it deals with uh, the Sony leak and the Spider-Man stuff. No, let's hear it. Matt Smith, uh, hey leftovers, Matt Smith or Soggy M Zero from Twitter here. It seems with the recent leaks that Sony is in a quite tough spot from dissing many stars to confirming they have no idea how to handle a large comic book property. <laughs> My question is where can Sony possibly go in regards to Spider-Man? The leaks have pretty much confirmed Andrew Garfield is no longer Spider-Man which personally makes me very upset as I thought he embodied Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I thought he just wasn't really given a fair shot due to the stench that Sony calls the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. Also, the leaks have revealed that Sony execs plan to hold some sort of a Spidey Summit to discuss where they go from here. In my opinion, all they can do is strike a deal with Marvel for him to appear in Civil War and have Marvel take creative control over Spider-Man which would be gangster as fuck, yo. Mm-hmm. Sony is a sinking ship from a PR standpoint and a business standpoint. This deal would be great for both parties at Sony. Could just sit back, have their logo put in front of these new movies and earn money while not destroying one of the greatest comic book characters ever created and Marvel could steer the character back into the force it should be. Likewise, I was thinking since they would be throwing all continuity from the Sony's Amazing Spider-Man out the window... They could debut the new franchise as the Avenging Spider-Man. Get it? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Anyhow, sorry for the long-winded Cameron Wilson link email. (laughs) That wasn't so bad. But I had a lot I wanted to get off my chest regarding this. Can't wait to hear what you think and proud to be a part of the infinite leftover army. P.S. Brian, a month from today, A Walk Among the Tombstones comes out on Blu-ray. No, you probably already have it pre-ordered. But I'm giving you four weeks' notice to prepare to be astounded by the great Liam Neeson. No, but seriously, please give the movie a try when it comes out. Sincerely, Matt Smith. And Matt Smith, I I will watch it. Um, I will watch this uh, walk among the tombstones. Um, give it a shot. I before Exodus though. Yeah. Gods and Kings. They had the Taken Three. Oh no! Trailer. Wow. <laughs> I bet that looks terrible. It just looks like every other fucking Taken movie, dude. He's yeah. doing the same shit. Like at the beginning, I didn't even know it was a Taken movie. I just thought this was like another movie he, that he was making that looked exactly <laughs> like every other movie he's been making. Yeah. I could see that problem. Interesting points by Matt Smith, though. 
Yeah, let's talk about, uh, you know, thanks for the email. Uh, let's unpack this rumor and then try to answer this question, you know, of what can Sony do with the Spider-Man going forward. Um, First off, I disagree with Matt. I'm um, I'm glad Garfield's out the door. He he didn't do it for me at all. I don't think it's solely to blame the first two movie screenplays. I think he is a little bit of the blame. So, not a great Peter Parker for me. You don't think that if they would approach the character a little bit differently, like not having the parents involved, not having some of the story and you know elements that they had in these movies, you don't think that uh, Garfield would have been would have been good? Uh, he's just kind of stiff for me. Even when trying to make jokes and crack wise, he he come it comes off as a phony to me. I don't like him. Those were some of the best parts for me uh, in the first film, where he you know with the guy with the knife and then. And then the whole like uh, fire truck scene and yeah no 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 uh, no uh, the scene with him um, yeah cracking wise with uh, the the rhino I enjoyed it um, and then uh, the it seemed forced to me really like he's trying to be a tryhard and it, it, it wasn't good acting because it mm-hmm. to me it seemed like force like it seemed you know. I thought those were the only things that he did do well. <laughs> and I'm shitting on that. I, no, yeah. they were few and far between for me too. Um, but he, he was a hair gel Peter Parker, and I'm glad to have him gone. So I disagree with that. No, I'm, I, I want them to recast. Yeah, me too. You know, if you're not hitting on all cylinders being Spider-Man, I don't want you in there. Yeah, get out. Next. <laughs> now, Wall Street Junior, the, the Wall Street Junior, the Wall Street Junior, they broke uh, the news about you know the the, the Sony had discussions with Marvel mm-hmm. and bringing Spider-Man back into the MCU and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I kind of knew this was going on. I, yeah, we, we've talked about it on the show. Um, I, I can't say any names, but we have we we have a source, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to bring any of that up. But we kind of knew that we weren't 100 percent sure, but we heard that these talks were going on way yeah. way before this was even. Yeah, and I'm not going to give anything away. I'm I'm going to try to protect our source, and you know. Is that really protecting our source? No, we fucked that up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're protecting them fine. But yeah, it, something needs to be done. I agree that the um, letting Marvel have the reins is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Um, here's here's what the Wall Street Journal had to say. Sony Pictures has considered partnering with Marvel and producing an animated comedy as it looks to revamp its big screen strategy for Spider-Man. Um, details of the discussions are contained in emails to and from Sony's motion picture chief, Amy Pascal, which were released on the internet by hackers this week. Um, they made it seem like the talks went on and, um, they kind of fell out. Yeah. Um, and then Latino review, they had a follow up and said that, uh, the deal looked dead. Then Sony got hacked. Now what initially looked like a retaliation attack for the interview from North Korea might drastically alter what happens to Spider-Man. All the players on the Sony side are now in hot water regarding their very public leaking of films and data at the hands of hackers. Sony, Sony's parent company in Japan are apparently very angry at how this all is playing out. I bet. I've heard that the atmosphere is that anyone could end up getting fired over this if it begins to cause serious financial damage. Uh, what I'm hearing from the little birds is that Sony, the parent company, views Sony Pictures handling of the Spider-Man property as disappointing. Sony wants to be all about quality films 
and the Amazing Spider-Man movies have not been that. Nor, Agreed. Nor have the rumors of future films in, uh, in the franchise, which I can agree with that too. Mm-hmm. Sony Japan thinks that the Marvel deal for the Spider-Man is still on the table, and they want to renegotiate, renegotiate as a return to quality. The sixty forty split is uh, the sixty forty split is can be negotiated, and Sony's Entertainment October hardline stance of wanting con- uh, creative control is now mostly moot in the eyes of the higher ups. Um, so uh, basically, there's they're saying that there's going to be. Uh, that none of this is going to happen fast enough to get Spider-Man into Civil War. Mm, yeah, but possibly an Infinity War, I would think. Right, right. Um, they said, wouldn't it be neat if Sony's Spidey Summit ended with a call to Marvel, who made a call to Josh Whedon, who got a guy in a Spider-Man suit from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 to jump into those pickup shots they were shooting early next year for Avengers Age of Ultron. So I think Latino Review still wants Andrew Garfield in there. Yeah. Is that what they're saying there? Yeah. I think yeah. we know. I think the leaks have said that that is not happening. Yeah. Garfield's out. Yeah. He's out. Um, but, uh, yeah, let, let's, 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 let's talk about, oh, yeah. Was it, yeah, there's more news from Latino Review. If the deal, uh, if the Marvel, if the Marvel Sony deal were to go forward, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield would no longer be Peter Parker. And any baggage from the existing films, Raimi or Webb, would be non-canical. Uh, Marvel doesn't want any part of those films. Yeah. The idea is that the Spider-Man romance movie has been played out over five installments, so any new Spider-Man films would focus on the difficulties of being a teenager and a superhero with a romance side story, not the film's focus. Marvel also thinks that the origin story is well-trodden territory. So any Spider-Man movies under this deal would begin with Peter Parker already leading a dual life. Spider-Man making his debut in Captain America Civil War is still a distinct possibility hmm. and would serve as the character's introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, but as of now, Spider-Man will not be in Civil War. I was told that they have a script nailed down. Um, yeah, they might have a script nailed down, but earlier we were talking about the reshoots, and they could this could be another reshoot. I don't see it happening, though. I agree with you it could be another reshoot, but that's like such a huge can of worms. I feel like you'd have to adjust the entire screenplay to make that happen. Post-credit scene. Post-credit scene, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, he's not going to be like, Civil War, like in, like he is in the comic book. No, uh, no, yeah. no. Like once the move, they've already got the script nailed down without him. Yeah. To, to, to do to do to do another script, and you know what I mean. But that's why all these fanboys are so hype on getting him in time for Civil War. I think because of the part he plays in the Civil War comic yeah. books. I think they're letting that get to their head mm-hmm. and like trying to force the issue faster than it will be. Yeah, guys, just put that out of your head. You know, they've changed. They're making changes to Age of Ultron, Ultron's origin, which. There's still that rumor, and I wanted to bring this up because, you know, you, you, there's still the rumor that 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 Pym mm-hmm. did create Ultron, and that Tony reactivates this. Cinema Blend, when they read off the synopsis, mm-hmm. talked. To, I can't remember the exact verbiage in the synopsis, but the synopsis says something like, "Tony reactivates Ultra, reactivates some technology." Oh wow! So like Ultron could have already been created. And Tony reactivates him. That Cinema Blend, when they broke down the synopsis, it was brilliant how they did it. Oh, that's cool. That Pym actually did create Ultron, and this is something that 
uh, yeah, Howard Stark and Pym created him. I hope that's the case. And that, that Tony comes across the technology, reactivates him, and then puts his, puts his consciousness or whatever into it. You know what I mean? I, I like that. I hope that is really what happens. So that could be a way to work around, like, you know, what we thought of, you know, Pym not creating Ultron. It could still happen. I li- yeah, I like it. And Tony comes in and kind of does his thing. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's the main focus of Civil War, guys. Don't worry; it doesn't. Ha- we don't have to include Spider Man. The main focus of Civil War, and I'm still excited for it, is you know Iron Man versus Captain America. Yeah, and let's not sell uh, um, Winter Soldier short either. We need lots more of that, I think, too. True, true. Yeah, definitely in Civil War, we have to have that. Yeah, I, I can't see that story. Them dragging that out until another Captain America movie. No, not at all. It has to be addressed. I, he'll be a huge focus also, I think. Do you think that that's going to be like – do you think that they're going to do – the Russo brothers are going to do kind of like what I think they're going to do in this movie with uh, Age of Ultron coming out? I think like the first half hour, 45 minutes of this Ultron movie is going to be like setting up the Baron Von Strucker stuff. And then mm-hmm. later on, you know, he's the b- villain at the beginning of the movie and then um, – Towards the end of that movie, we're looking at, uh, you know, Avengers versus Ultron. Yeah. Do you think that in Civil War, that how are they going to blend that Winter Soldier story into this? Do you think that it's all going to be wrapped up within the first 30 to 45 minutes? I think it'll all happen uh, at the same time concurrently. I don't think it'll be like Avengers 2 where it's like the first half is – not even maybe the first half, but like the first half an hour is focused on Baron von Strucker. I think they're going to – both are going to be kind of concurrent. How can they really truly explore the the um, the battle, the, the, the differences of uh, Tony and, and uh, you know, uh, Steve Rogers – at the same time of doing the Winter Soldier maybe stuff. Maybe Winter Soldier himself will be the the character that n- the public doesn't know the identity of that causes some catastrophe by accident. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll take that role. In the comic books, it was one of the new warriors. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be Winter Soldier who accidentally gets a, blows up a school by doing something. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. I'm not yeah. sure how they'll do it, but I... I don't know. I don't. It, I don't see it being as cut and cut and dry as Avengers Two, where it's okay for the first forty five minutes, Winter Soldier's the villain, and then for the next, it's this Captain America versus Iron Man. Yeah, and you want, you don't want to be formulaic, and you yeah. know what I mean, and have each movie kind of repeat itself. And I feel like there's a good chance we're setting up for Sebastian um, Stan. What's his? What's the actor? Sebastian name? Stan to be Captain America in future movies. So I think that's even further proof that this these storylines could be concurrent. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you guys, he's got a nine-movie deal. How are they going to, you know what I mean? He's going to be a big part of the universe with a nine-movie deal. I agree. I agree. It's all confusing. So, yeah. What would you do? Um, I mean, I don't know how to, uh, maybe maybe you can kind of, un, you know, help. The, the, the question was like, how can, you know, it was it how can Sony save Spider-Man? By giving it to Marvel. <laughs> Take that 60-40 deal. <laughs> Yeah, he says, um, yeah, my question is, where can Sony possibly go in regards to Spider-Man? Yeah, they can go nowhere. They're done. They've buried themselves, I think. With I this. think at this point, especially with the leaks, they need they need Marvel. Yeah. It's too late for another reboot. Mm-hmm. You can't do it again so soon. It seemed too soon when they just did it 
for the web movies. Yeah. And that'll just be ridiculous. We'll laugh at it as fans, I think. I think you need to just introduce Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, established and already going. Mm-hmm. And people would just go fucking crazy. So, no, that means we're not going to get a Sinister Six movie. That means we're not going to get, like, the Venom Carnage movie. Yeah, good. And, like, even the rumors that were coming out this week that the main villain of, you know, the Sinister Six movie was going to be Venom or Carnage. I mean, it's all bullshit at this point. I'm glad. I'm glad. No Aunt May movie. <laughs> no Aunt May movie, thank God. I, I'm glad. I, everything it sounded like Sony was doing was, to be honest, pissing me off. Yeah. So. I, I think Sony needs Marvel. Um, I, I think a deal is going to be struck. It's making me excited that my favorite character is actually possibly going to get some justice here. Yeah. So. Possibly. It's been dark days ever since this Mark Webb thing. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to go. You know, if they, if they cast a teenager as. Uh, no, they're saying like in this in these they're saying like uh, they, they want him to be a teenager that's already established being Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you want them to cast an actual teenager or just another guy in his 20s that looks like he could be a teenager possibly? No, I'd like them to cast a teenager very much like what The Flash did with their casting. I'd like to see someone in the correct age bracket. Uh, which Flash casting? Grant Gustin or uh, the... The new, um, the cinematic Flash. Yeah, I can't remember his name. The, Ezra, Ezra the Miller. The kid from Perks, yeah. Ezra Miller, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the way to go. Nick Robinson for Spider-Man. The Kings of Summer actor. That's my choice. That's not bad. I love it. So that'd be my guy. I don't know. I think that's Marvel news. I think that's our episode this week. Yeah, let's wrap, wrap, wrap it up. All right. Episode 71? Episode 70. No, next episode. Oh, next episode. Yeah. What are we doing, Hobbit? We are Hobbit Battle of the Five Endings. Battle of I the mean, Five Endings. I mean, armies. In- yeah. You looking forward to it? I am. I've You know, I've heard... I've been very critical about the previous two Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. and I've heard from other people that are also in my mindset that this is actually a very good finale, that this is actually the movie that that is good of the three movies. No Elijah Wood in this one. That's interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't even... Unless they're keeping that really secret. He'll be at the very end. You think so? They're going to bookend it. Because if you remember how the first yep. Hobbit... Yeah. Um, began with the Gandalf and mm-hmm. not Gandalf but um Frodo and Bilbo stuff yep. I, th- I think we're gonna bookend it with uh Ian Holm as Bilbo again finishing the book up okay all right yeah uh, episode 70 in the books uh, episode 71 Hobbit uh, might have some news and some other stuff like that but yeah it'll be a movie review for the Hobbit yeah big talk about that I'm excited we'll, we'll close the Hobbit out Frank will be back, right? Yeah. I, I kind of want to talk about the whole trilogy as a whole now, okay. now that we're getting an ending, too. Sure. Are so, you going to rate it as a whole trilogy? I'm going to do both. I'm going to rate each individual movie, and I'm going to rate the entire trilogy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you didn't get to rate the last two. No, I, I wasn't on the Smog episode. Yeah, yeah. And then we weren't. We didn't exist during the first Hobbit movie, right? We did not. We were not a podcast. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do it all. We'll unpack the whole Hobbit trilogy next week. Yep. All right. Yeah, episode 70 in the books. We'll go, we'll see you guys next week. Frank will be back. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. Yeah. Hammer time drops galore. Yeah, we need him back. We need him back. All right. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall, Brad. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the left. Up the scraps, drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.